Hey, welcome to our Dead Talk. The place where we discuss all shows and comics within the Walking Dead universe. I'm Colleen. And I'm Jeremy. Today's podcast, we're discussing The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 24, titled Rest in Peace. It's the series finale for The Walking Dead, and it aired on Sunday, November 20th, 2022. Here's the plot for today's episode. Daryl and Carol rush Judith to the hospital. Rosita, Eugene, and Gabriel search for Coco. Maggie and Negan take arms against Pamela, and the heroes assemble for one last stand. Spoiler warning. Before we start, we want to give a big spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about the entire episode during the podcast, so obviously there is going to be uh, some spoilers for you if you've not watched the series finale episode yet. You have been warned. So we don't want to spend much time on things outside of the topic of The Walking Dead because we do find that we ramble and we don't want to do that. Uh, but we just want to be direct and say that we know we've missed a couple uh, posts here and there, so there's been a bit of a ginormous gap in our podcast episodes. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> just um, a couple, two, three. Yeah, the last podcast we did was uh, episode eight uh, from the season, so not including this episode for the series finale, we're behind on making a podcast for about, uh, yeah, like 15 episodes for the <laughs> f- final season. Yeah, about that. So we both wanted to still still discuss the episodes in a podcast, so we're going to go back and rewatch episodes 9 through 23, and then we'll create a podcast for each episode. So we'll be looking for those in the coming weeks, and I promise we'll be better with those. Uh, then once we're caught up with season 11, we're going to go back to the beginning. So we're going to start Woo. with The Walking Dead season 1, episode 1. And I am amped. I'm already getting chills thinking about it. They're going to be fun. Yeah, so much fun. They're like some of my favorite. Definitely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But we really wanted to post a podcast for the series finale, even though it's obvious that we skipped like about 15 episodes. But we wanted to make sure to make one for the series finale since it's the end. And we love the series so much that we're like, we have to at least put it out there for this one. Yeah. (laughs) So. So let's get into it. Yeah. The Walking Dead final episode. The episode I've been dreading and waiting for for a long time. Often, we remember just the beginning and the ending of a story. Uh, It needs to be a satisfying ending, right? It needs to be. Especially with a franchise like this. So, did they deliver? I don't know. We'll see. This is what we're going to talk about right now. So, for me, the finale was really good. But I don't think that it fully felt like a finale. Because they already have some spinoffs in the works. So, it isn't fully finished yet. Like, we know that there's more to come within this universe. Uh, I feel like if they didn't let us know about all the spinoffs coming, it may have felt a little bit more anxiety-inducing, too, because yeah. we wouldn't know who all was still remaining. Because it was kind of obvious that, like, well, Daryl's going to have a spinoff, so he's going to survive, which is great mm-hmm. because he's one of our favorites, but it also kind of ruined it for us, just a skosh. Yeah, I think they could have taken more risks. Okay. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Yeah. But I think, so this was our second time watching this episode, I felt I noticed a lot of the issues maybe a little bit more this time around, and they kind of irked me a little bit more. I still feel pretty satisfied with the episode as a whole. Me too. And as a finale, but, man, I think there's a lot of things that they could have done better. And I love this franchise. Yep. I don't want to be the kind of person that hates on it. So this is not me bashing this episode, but I really feel like it it felt rushed. There definitely were some parts that were rushed. I do feel like they could have made at least another full episode of it. Yeah. Because some of the parts were very rushed, which we will get into as we talk about the different segments of the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, how about, yeah, we let's start from the beginning okay. of this episode, yep. right? Daryl bursts in with Judith. Judith mm-hmm. just got shot. Yep. 
and uh, Daryl's carrying her to the hospital. Um, and then he gets knocked out by a trooper. Yep. Which right. I couldn't believe that because I think that's like the first time, at least that I can quickly remember, that's one of the first times that he ever gets knocked out. And it's like I one of the so. most important times right, right now. And he gets knocked out. He, he gets knocked out, yep. one, uh, which I, I understand, you know, he's in a panic. He's trying to save Judith. Yep. So I get that. I'll, I'll give him that. But why didn't the troopers shoot him? Yeah, I don't understand like, what their take on that was. Yeah, they just, I, I obviously I don't want Daryl to get shot, Mm-mm. but it just felt like, all right, we need Daryl to get knocked out here. Yeah. Send in some troopers. But they don't kill him. Like, I feel like any other time, the troopers would have been trying to kill him. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so he's unconscious. Judith is shot and, you know, in and out of consciousness. And she sees that Daryl's out. And she's she has it in her enough to get up and lock the door. That's cool. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, she's fighting that one walker. I'm cool with that. And then she passes out right next to him. I don't know what that scene was for. Like, why? Why did we have that scene? Just to add more. I th- I think I'm. I yeah. I think I'm starting to be more critical. Maybe. Pro- probably because I'm like like I said. I love this franchise so much. And I need. <laughs> I needed this. To Closure. Be perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, I think I think they put it in the storyline because. That's how they ended the last episode, the previous number 23, which was Daryl trying to get Judith to the hospital. So, of course, we have to see the success of that, which was, yes, he got her to the hospital. But Mm. now lies the problem of where is everyone? There are no workers in here. So, crap, I got her here. But now what? There's no one here to help me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, the horde is closing in on the hospital. And it's pretty neat that they have... It's pretty neat that they have the... a bit of a callback to some of the earlier seasons in the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of tonight's episode, which we'll get into, but... Are you talking about the smart walkers? Yeah, like the, uh, what do they call them now? The uh, mm. variants? Are they oh, just variants? Yeah. Okay. But they call them the variants, and, like, this one, he's picking up the rock at one point while they're still in the hospital. But we'll get into that, because I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> My... Yeah, my issue, and I've I noticed it a couple of times in this episode, they throw things in there to be dramatic or heavy, but I think they lacked um, some substance behind it. Okay. And I feel like they had so much time to build up to this episode that they didn't have to rush this episode. I I, I it. There were a lot of things that felt rushed yeah. through it. Well, that is something I want to touch base on once we get to that point. But it's still in the hospital that I, yeah. I, I thousand percent agree with the rushed part. Yeah. Because, but again, like just going back to the Daryl getting knocked out and then Judith, you know, passing out. It was a, a dramatic scene, but it didn't it didn't really lead anywhere. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like a, <gasps> and then. Yeah. It, it, it didn't go anywhere really, and uh, I. I, I like the drama mm-hmm. that it, it or the, the panic that it, you know, gave us, but it was so short lived that it kind of didn't really do anything. Okay. For me. Okay. I got you. That's my opinion. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Okay. And then the next scene is we're back outside with the rest of our crew that they're fighting off the horde mm-hmm. and that's when Jules gets bit. And then Luke tries to help her and it's just a cluster from there and then he ends up getting bit in his leg and that was such a heartbreaking scene with them. Mm-hmm. trying to pull Luke away when he's trying to go back to Jules and grab her. 
it was one of those where it's it's super heartbreaking seeing that because Jules is dying, obviously, and mm-hmm. he's trying to help her. But for us, it's not super heartbreaking because they've been gone for a little while. So we yeah. kind of grew apart from them, uh, at least with Jules. I don't really remember her too well. Luke, I remember more, especially because he was in uh, the Fantastic Beast franchise. So he really <laughs> sticks out in my mind. I remember from uh, Balls of Fury. Oh, okay. And then he's also in the Goldbergs, too, if any of you watched oh, that, yeah. which we got out of watching that show. But still, he was in that. Uh, so that was that was really sad for me when they had to grab Luke and basically pull him away. So then our group was making their way to the hospital, and then we moved to Daryl, waking up on a gurney, and you can hear Luke crying, and he's bleeding out on the table because they they amputated his leg where he was bit. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the rest of the girls around him trying to, to comfort him, but they're sobbing too. The, the actresses and the actor did so well for that. Yeah. It definitely made me cry the first time we watched it, and even watching again for the second time, I definitely teared up because you can hear the heartbreak in their voices and stuff. Yeah, that was that was a great, really great scene. I don't know, it was very heavy. Um, even though we haven't seen Luke in a long time, I still feel, I still felt the weight of Absolutely. that of that scene. Yeah. So, still a little a little quick, but at the same time, it is the finale, so I do expect certain things to move a little bit quicker. Yeah, and to to lose some people. Yeah, and. Yeah, he definitely was a character that I think we we all really liked a lot. So, yes. yeah, that one that was that was well played. And I think I it was one. I think that was kind of a necessity too, because Daryl was in the same room as them mm-hmm. when Luke was passing away, and before Luke passed, Daryl and Carol are talking about like where all the medical supplies are, and Carol tells him that Pamela took everything and that she kept everything for herself and that. Basically, the community has to fend for themselves. And then once Daryl sees Luke die, I think it kind of slaps him like, oh shit, I've got to do something more for Judith because she's going to be just the same as Luke mm-hmm. if I don't act and if I don't do something. Yeah. So my other my other thing that I'm, I'm thinking about now too, though, is where was the rest of the group? Like, I, I understand, I guess, I guess Daryl ran ahead into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And... Oh yeah, he ran in and he was closed off by the walkers. Right. Okay, but just it, I, I, it just you can probably cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt like they came in right after he got knocked out at, by those troopers mm-hmm. and put him on the gurney. Yeah, and it was just like the next scene. I don't know. It just I don't want to keep on saying it feel, feels rushed. No, I, I agree. Keep on saying that. I agree. But again, it moves so quickly. It does. I, I, one of the callbacks that I mentioned earlier that I liked kind of happened in here too. I don't know if that was a good segue for, for what you just said to what I wanted to say. That's fine. But that Daryl decided to give Judith his blood. So he yeah. hooked him up to him himself to Judith. And he briefly mentioned that his mom made him do this when he was younger and that he would sell his blood for money because, I mean, yeah. it sounds as though his parents were into drugs and all that stuff. But I would really love to hear more about his childhood. Yeah. And I really hope that they touch more on that in the spinoff. Maybe. That would be interesting to have some flashbacks of him and him and little uh, Merle. Yeah, little Merle. But, but it was it was interesting, though, because, again, this was another callback to those of you that remember when Carl was shot mm-hmm. and Rick was running. And that's when we met Herschel on his farm. Yeah. And Rick hooked himself up to Carl because they had the same blood type. Yeah. But apparently Daryl has O negative. Yeah, which um, is universal. Which I, <laughs> he's a hero all the way through. Right, right, Even like to the just end. Out, in and out. He's like the perfect hero. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't donate any blood to, to Carl. 
I mean, I know oh, the, I know the, I know the father. I know Rick was, but Rick was like almost passing out from giving up so much blood. I guess Daryl was like, I'm gonna hold this off for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I don't need everybody wanting my blood. Yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> true too. Because that's it's kind of like in the real world when they tell you like if you're a prepper. Not to really share that with a lot of people because if Makes the sense. shit does hit the fan, they're going to come to you first and yeah. take all your shit. It's kind of like Daryl. Like, who knows? If he let that cat out of the bag, he might have been the uh, the uh, the blood bank. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't have been good. Oh, man. That would have been a really dark uh, twist on Th- that. That would have been. Especially if Negan found that out mm. when they had him hostage. Yeah. Whew. Well, we should make a podcast all about the what ifs on that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> So Daryl's giving Judith some blood, then they hear some crashes in the other room, and they all decide to go out to investigate what the crashes were, and they leave Daryl with Judith. Yeah, we're going to see, we're going to come back to that in a second. But before that, we get a shot of Mercer in jail, and there's a walker right outside the door, and he gets shot. And we don't know what happens at first, but then we hear Princess. Yes! I forget what she says. Well, I think she says, hey baby, stand back, or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Get, Get cover, or something like that. I I love their dynamic too. Me too. Yeah, I wish, uh, I wish we had more of Mercer. Like I love his mm. character. He was a little eh at first. I wasn't sure because I mean, as any Walking Dead fan, we're He's always a hard ass. yeah, we're always so suspicious about new characters and stuff. So we didn't know exactly how he was gonna be. But we loved him from very early on. So I wish we got to see him earlier in the series because he was really only in. Yeah. Was it just this this season? I think just season eleven. Uh yeah. Yeah. yeah, but somehow I, yeah. I, I, not to be that person that's jumping on the bandwagon of spin off, spin off, spin off, but I'll be like Oprah, you got a spin off, you got a spin off, <laughs> but I would love to see a spin off of him. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool because I just love the character and I love the actor, so I think it'd be really cool, and I love his dynamic with Princess too. Yeah, so. they definitely had a good like character arc for him. He he progressed from super hard ass in the beginning to, I mean, he was already a good figure head in, in, yeah. in the common wall. Yeah, everybody looked up everybody to him. Everybody already looked up to him, but he needed to step up. Yep. And he stepped up. And I really like how they had his character play out throughout the show. Yeah, especially because when the shit started hitting the fan, as a viewer, you're watching and you're like, oh my god, Mercer, you're not doing anything about this? You know that this is wrong. And of course, Jeremy and I will go into that in other podcasts because they touch base on that in other episodes, not so much with this one in particular. But he finally opened his eyes all the way and mm-hmm. was like hell yeah i'm gonna do this let's time to fuck some shit up yes <laughs> i love that <laughs> that was a great scene yes and we're not sure who came up with that yeah uh, josh mcdermott says that uh, he said that and then uh michael james shaw thinks that he came up with that uh i don't know yeah i don't know who came up with it watch neither one of them yeah, came right. up with it it was like a third party yeah and they're both trying to get some credit. claim for it yeah right claimed claimed uh, but the one with Princess when she jumped into his arms, I mm. loved it. And we found out on the the Talking Dead after the show that I guess Princess squealed a little bit when she jumped into his arms, and she didn't realize that she said that she did squeal until like a director or someone told her about it. She's like, "Oh, really?" But and then we watched it tonight, and uh, we well, were... it was really more of a strained grunt. <laughs> we were we were hoping that they kept it in, but they didn't. So yeah. I was hoping that they did because that would have been really cute. Because I just love their. That was a yeah. That was a really good feel good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you, yeah, man, you need to have more of those in shows like yes. this when they're so dark. Yeah, it's such a heavy thing, especially with the series finale happening now. Mm-hmm. So after the jail 
scene with Mercer. We're outside with some of our group, including Mercer. And you can see they're all getting ready because I guess they're going to go assist to get Judith out of the hospital. And Negan sees Maggie loading up some, some guns. Rifle. Yeah. And he asks Maggie if she's loading up uh, for Pamela. And she just looks at him and then she sa- then he says that the offer still stands mm-hmm. for him to to take care of that. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, any part in mm-hmm. Negan taking over that. Right. And I, I do appreciate that Negan says that, and we find out later when the, that storyline progresses a little bit more, that it's really Negan's way of kind of extending an olive branch to Maggie mm-hmm. and being like, look, I kind of want to take one for the team with this one. Like, if I don't come home, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. But if you don't come home, it's freaking huge. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, they have a couple more scenes coming up that are, are really heavy yeah. that we'll, we'll get to. Yes, definitely more detail. Aaron and Lydia show up. They were part of the horde for a while. They got separated from Jerry and what's his name? Elijah. Elijah. Yeah, they got separated. We don't, we still don't know what happened to Elijah or Jerry at this point. Yeah, at this point, yeah. And thankfully, because Mercer almost started shooting the walkers that were coming, and Ezekiel thankfully spotted Aaron and Lydia, and mm-hmm. was like, "Whoa, wait!" Because if not, whoo, can you imagine going through all that? And then <laughs> they got taken out by Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Mercer! We were just getting to like you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back to that episode where Lydia kind of, like, lost her cool when Elijah... Yeah, Elijah, right? Mm-hmm. Elijah got swept away. We'll talk about that. Yes. In that, that episode's podcast. When we get podcast. to that podcast. But that one bugged me, too. Yeah? There, there's, there are some things that bugged me about that. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, I, I don't want to I wanna get too distracted. I loved it. I definitely cried at that scene. Oh, it was, that was there was some great. Scene. There was some great stuff, but then... Uh, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. Sorry, everyone, you'll have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so after that scene, then we're at with Gabe, Eugene, and Rosita. They're in a building with walkers everywhere, and Rosita hears babies crying. So they're still on the mission of finding Coco and the other children that were taken. I didn't know. I thought Rosita's last name was Espinosa. Yeah. I, I, I thought, yeah, I didn't know it was Wick. <laughs> she turned into John Wick's. Like little sister or something, man. Hell she yeah, was, she did. It was an awesome scene. That was yep. great. Yeah. Um, I loved the uh, action there when she busts in and she, she's kicking so much ass. Oh yeah, she is total mama bear, mama oh, wick bear in I, that one. Yeah, I definitely have mama bear in here in my yeah. notes. And I have John Wick in my notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, then she turns into John Wick and it, finds Coco. She just needed a pencil. Yeah, she needed a With pencil. The fucking pencil. <laughs> <laughs> But that was pretty sweet. I definitely was nervous. And they had that scene in the previous Talking Dead, uh, yeah, in the previous Talking Dead episode. You know how they give a little bit of a, and here's a, here's a sneak peek at the next episode. And they showed that scene with her. And Jeremy and I were just watching with our jaws on the floor. Mm. Because she just, I mean, she's always been a badass. But holy shit, when she turned into a badass with these, because, and then I got nervous with the, I thought she was going to get grabbed with one of the walkers mm-hmm. in there because she was so busy taking out the other ones and the one just popped up outside the door. Uh, it was, it was an intense scene. Yeah. I loved how she cool. pretty much unloaded a clip on that one. On oh yeah. She was pissed. The next scene is Daryl giving blood to Judith. Uh, she's starting to come to and she's, she's real pale. She starts yeah. panicking. Uh, just before passing out. And just before she passes out, she starts talking about Michonne and Rick. Yeah. Uh, or at least Michonne looking for Rick. Touches really quickly on it um, before she passes out. And then Carol comes in and they got to go. Yeah. Yeah, They. I guess Carol's talking to Rosita on the walkie and their ambulance is surrounded. 
and then after that, Carol's like, yeah, we really got to go kind of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, they start leaving and, well, they didn't officially leave yet, but this scene Daryl leaves Judith in the room by herself and he starts blocking the doorway. And this is another one that was like a flashback to Shane blocking Rick's doorway in the hospital yeah. as kind of Shane's last little, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I love you. Let me try and protect you as best I can. Even though we knew that Daryl wasn't leaving Judith at this point. All right. So going back to, I'm going to say this again. Like I know that they have to pick up the speed on certain things, but it seems like, As soon as a person or a group is not on screen, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess that can always happen. But it just seems like as soon as Gabriel, Eugene, and Rosita were off camera, right? And we went to Daryl. Bam. (laughs) We go back to them and they're surrounded in a van. It was like... Whoa, 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 wait, how'd they get there? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I understand that they can't have every little thing, but it just felt like, whoa, wait, how did they get in this situation? <laughs> like, Yes, well, that's the exact thing. The night that we watched it, in the scene with when Daryl leaves Judith after he blocks, like, after he barricades the door to Judith's room, he realizes, yeah, shit really hit the fan. We got to get out of here. We have to get Judith. So he goes back in the room. He gets Judith from the, on the stretcher, and he starts pulling the stretcher, and the others start helping pulling him. And they're going down the hallways, and for me, I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much anxiety. Holy crap, this is happening. They're coming from every angle. And then they get to this one angle, and then we hit a commercial break. And then we come back, and I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Did I fast forward yeah. by accident? Like, what the hell just yeah. happened? Because then the next thing we know, it seemed like... Judith was in with Tommy. You really had to pay attention to this episode. Yeah. Because if you blinked, if you if you walked away for a couple of seconds, you missed a large piece. Yeah, like I thought that more was coming for at least getting her out of the hospital. But it just was like, oh, there's zombies coming, or excuse me, there's walkers coming in. And then all of a sudden she's just out of there. And I'm like, oh, well, that was a lot of storyline that they could have covered. Yeah. And that happened, again, we'll talk about that in another episode, but the... I think it was in season, I think it was in season 11, where Judith and Gracie got stuck in the basement. Oh, yeah. And Aaron rescued them. There was no, they didn't show how exactly Aaron got out. And to me, I'm like, thinking, how is he going to get out? He doesn't have two hands. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's just magically outside. Yeah, I feel like they don't, they don't have to drag everything out. Right. Like, we, we don't expect them to drag everything out. But some, maybe consistency. Yes. A little bit more uh with that I, I think would help i agree yeah and then even going back to the scene where daryl blocks the door in the hospital for uh judith mm-hmm. you know great call back yep. to season um, one season one right when when shane mm-hmm. protect brick and this is also the scene where the walker picks up the rock from right. same with season one in the department store yeah great callbacks after he, he blocks the door, he goes to help and then instantly sees that they're getting swamped and then uncovers the door anyway and takes Judith out. I get that he was trying to save her, but I do feel like it would have been better if we had more time, if we had another episode or two yeah. to wrap up this this finale, if he blocked her off and they had to leave her there. Mm, that would have been more suspenseful. And then we, we'd be interested, oh, well... Now we really don't know what's going to happen to Judith. Yeah. They have to go back into that hospital and get her. Interesting. That could have been a really cool 
couple of scenes. Yeah, another they, they mission, too. They could have dragged that out a little bit more, I think. Yeah. That would have been more interesting. I agree. Dang. I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite think about it in that length. But who knows? Maybe because she was pretty bad and she wouldn't have been yeah. okay if Daryl didn't give her some of his blood. So we don't know. And, like, as of right now, the bullet, we don't know if it was in her or if it went through yeah. kind of thing. But she but, could have died anyway. Yeah. But again, yeah, it just it just felt like a callback, which was nice. I mm-hmm. like I like the callback, but then it was just like instantly canceled out because he had to uncover her anyway and take her yeah out of the hospital anyway. Yeah. So it just kind of felt like a throwaway. Like, hey, here's a callback, just for the sake of a callback. I got gotcha. you. I, I I do understand for the sake of the callback, but I do I, I do see that it did fit because I would probably do the same thing. Like, oh no, Judith is in there unconscious. I have to block her off. In case any walkers come come at me from behind and I'm not there to fend them off. Like, I don't want them to get in there or at least have a more difficult time to get into her. So I'll clean up the mess that I just made when I know it's time to officially get her out of there. Mm-hmm. But I understand fully what you're saying where they, they did rush that a little bit. It was just a bit of a callback just for the sake of a callback. Mm-hmm. So again, here's what we're talking about jumping. Like, <laughs> especially, I don't know why with Eugene, Gabe, and Rosita, they saved coco and the other child the other baby i can't remember the name yeah i don't remember the other baby, but there was uh, another baby yeah so we went from that scene with them instantly they were in a truck surrounded by walkers okay they i obviously they were trying to get away from walkers and now they're outside the thing <laughs> it's just like bam 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 it was like good situation bad situation worse situation yeah so rapid fire and it was kind of like we didn't see any of the in between we didn't hear any of the uh thought process between okay let's get out of this uh house where the babies were and then they got surrounded okay I, and there's a lot of as a viewer i mean obviously we can fill in the gaps yeah but it just seems a little oh man i i i hate to say lazy a little, a little, yeah. oh man, I don't know how to say it, but it just feels like, okay, the, you know, the watcher is going to be able to fill in some pretty, pretty big gaps. Yeah. And just assume that this is what happened. Yeah. You're just, you're really left on your own to kind of figure out what happened in between, which I guess could be a good thing. But here it just felt a little rushed. Well, see, I think what they I did... I guess I'm saying rushed. <laughs> well, see, I think what they did here, too, was we sort of had communication through walkie-talkies. So Rosita right. was in touch with Carol and was saying, yeah, we're getting surrounded out here, and you guys are in the hospital, and you're also getting surrounded. We need to make our move now because there's a huge horde coming. So we think it's bad now. It's going to be even worse when there's nowhere to move because mm-hmm. at least now there are still places to move. But I agree. I know rushed seems to be our word of the day here. And it's true because I do still feel like some of the things were rushed. Even though I am like a true diehard Walking Dead fan. And I'm not going to be one of those that's just going to shit on the episode just because. Yeah. But I do think it they rushed it here and there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm letting you talk through your process. Because I know <laughs> as I talk, sometimes I'm like, oh, and this and yeah. that. <laughs> so I didn't want to say anything while you're while you're talking about it. Well, let's continue on the Eugene, Gabe, and Rosita situation. So they're they're right. inside this truck, which I believe is an ambulance. They get out of it. It didn't seem like they really looked around too much to get a bit of a game plan between the three of them before they just went out and decided to get a game plan when there's walkers all around them and they have babies strapped to themselves. Yeah. Why they didn't really... plan this out a little bit better? Yeah. 
Like, they, the three of the characters, not just, I mean, obviously the writers create the characters, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, why couldn't the three of them have had some sort of game plan before they left the pretty safe ambulance yeah. they were in? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm, I, you're, you're bringing up a point that I didn't even really think about too yeah. much. I, I, at least not super consciously. But yeah, you're right. They especially had a, a real big priority not to rush at this point. Mm-hmm. They were... The characters, not the writers. The, right, the characters. They were mostly in a safe spot. Yep. Right, They were in an ambulance at the point at this point. And it didn't seem like the walkers could get in. Understandably, they have to, you know, they had to get out somehow. But to go guns a-blazing, not, not even guns a-blazing, I don't think they had guns at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, I don't think or they maybe, did. Or maybe they did, but... Maybe they were just concerning. Not, not enough to shoot the walkers. But to rush out out of their safe zone with babies strapped onto them without a game plan and fly by the seat of their pants, that's not those characters. Right, yeah. That's not any of those characters. Right, and... But all three of them should have had more, uh, <laughs> more gray matter in between their ears <laughs> for that scene, I feel. Yes. Yeah, well, it's also not just the fact that they have babies on them, but... They also have babies on them that are like car alarms that they will not just stop screaming. Like you can't just be like, "Hey, oh, car alarms!" Yeah, like you can't. I just... heard Carl arms. Oh, Carl, um, Carl, <laughs> Carl, Carl. <laughs> get your arms! I'm like, what? Carl arms? Carl, stay in the house. No, but like maybe it's a bad way for me to say that. But let me go back and. <laughs> Damn! Now I'm never not going to hear Carl arms. Crap, my car alarms are going off. Your car alarms? <laughs> Anywho, as I was saying, the thing with not only, of course, do they have to keep the babies safe, because if the baby just falls out and is there with walkers, there's no chance that baby's going to keep itself alive. Like, what? But they also have babies attached to them that you can't just be like, hey, please stop crying. We are in a dangerous situation that you need to be quiet. Mm-hmm. They're not going to understand that. So they're also screaming. So it's like they're drawing more attention to themselves. And like you just said, these three characters have been in this apocalypse for so long. They are three very smart characters. That was very uncharacteristic of them to do that without a game plan. And then they, the the one thing that they did do, Eugene did say, let's get back to back because they were getting surrounded. So at least they knew that their back was safe because they had one of the three of their backs to their back. If they took an extra minute and maybe they looked out the window mm-hmm. and Eugene or one of them saw that there was a pole and an open window yep. and said, hey, I think there's a gap in, in the walkers. I think we could make it. Even if they went one by one. If they just had that extra little scene where they're like, hey, I think we could make it up there, that would have made more sense than them just rushing out. Yes. Again, I, again, it just feels like, were we supposed to interpret that? No, they didn't even say, like, they didn't even, they, they, did, they got out there, yeah. and then they're like, hey, then they looked at the pole. Yeah, they saw the like, pipe. Hey, we, could, we could climb up this pole Yeah, I don't to get out of here. I, I think it was Rosita that said it first, and Rosita and Eugene were kind of, Eugene's like, okay, Rosita, you go. No, Rosita says, you go first, Eugene, and they're kind of back and forth a little bit, but Eugene ended up going up first. Now, me, I would have been fucking dead, because I don't think I would have been able to do that. Did Eugene have a baby with him? He had a baby, I'm pretty sure. Did Gabe? I don't know. Not that I want get like whoever did not have a baby should have went been last. last. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, should have went last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Rosita and 
if Eugene had a baby, those two should have went first. Mm-hmm. Whoever whoever had the babies should have gone first. Right. Um, not Rosita. That uh, again felt a little. I don't know what it is. Yeah. She felt spry enough to go. But even all, well, all, I don't think it was more, spry all the, enough. I all don't... the more reason that she should have gone first. If if she was quicker. Not to not to bust on Josh McDermott for being a little overweight, but I love Josh McDermott. Though. So, I feel like Gabe should have had a baby, and Rosita should have had a baby, and again, I I feel like those two, um, Gabe and Rosita, could have gone first. They're a little mm-hmm. bit quicker, yeah. a little bit lighter on their feet. I think. Okay. They could have gone up a little bit quicker and less likely to hold up. I'm I'm thinking about this too much. I know in the heat of the moment, I'm sure they're not thinking about this kind of stuff. Right. So I'm overanalyzing it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But but this is what these podcasts are for. They're a process for us, and then if you care to listen to us and you like how we're yeah. we're going on these really deep dives into each scene, then continue listening. Yeah, but also it again it just bugged me that Rosita did not want to go first. Well, I have a thought on that. Okay. Okay, so my thought on that is Rosita has always been the warrior, and she's always been the I'm going to take care of everyone else first, and then myself. So I think she wanted to, I think she thought that I can handle this. You go. I've got this. Like, you go up first. I'm fine being the last one because I can handle myself. Which, that's normally her character. But that was a bad call since she had her daughter strapped to her, too. She should have put, kind of put her ego and her thoughts of her skills to the side. And been like, I have my daughter. I need to get up there. And I mean, she's not, she's also not like climbing on Eugene and Gabe to be like, screw you, I'm getting no. up first. Like, the three of them could work together to get up there kind of yeah. thing. I like that. I like, I like your your take on that. Yeah, maybe, maybe she went back into the mode of trying to, not corral, but um, every, I don't know what the word is. Maybe just save, be the savior for yeah, everyone. Be, be, and not a Negan savior, but a... Right, but two. right. She was trying to be like the shepherd. Kind yeah. Of. I, I know that's not really the right word that I'm looking for, but... At the same time, with her going Mama Bear just a couple of minutes ago, yeah, I feel like she would have been more in the mindset of protecting her child and, yeah. and getting out of there into a safe spot yeah. first. So after that whole situation with that, the two guys, they're up there, and Rosita's the last one to climb, and we're like, oh no, as the viewer were watching, oh no, what's going to happen? She's not getting up there. Like She's getting pulled down by the walkers, and then she falls. And again, we did a spoiler warning in the beginning of this episode, but again, spoiler warning for a huge series Walking Dead spoiler. I still can't believe that she ended up with her fate of this. <laughs> oh, you mean like surviving? Well, like okay, so first off, the fall that she had and surviving. Would have would knocked the wind out of me. Well, first off, I don't off, know if you've ever fallen on your back. Oh, that but sucks. It sucks. Yeah. But not only that, but Typically, the walkers, when their victim falls, they're just in on that that person mm-hmm. and they're gone. But she somehow came out of it like water. And I mean, it was a badass scene. It oh, was very cool. Yeah, I, I I love the you know the drama, the scene that they they created. That was right. definitely badass. Yeah, and I'm glad that she survived because at least at that point because she was one of our favorites and she's such a warrior and she's such a badass that I was happy to see that she didn't go out in that kind of like not that it was a piddly way, but like she it wasn't just like. She fell, boom, that's the last we see of her because she's dead now. But she came out. I still can't believe that in a couple scenes from now, we will find out officially that she was bit. She had two hoodie things on and like a thick, it looked like a denim type of jacket. How did she get bit in that spot? Yeah, it was a really, she should have been, if anywhere, she could have got bit on the hand 
And I think we should have found out almost immediately. Like, I think they could have helped her. Like, she could have survived that. I, I, I would have been like, come on! But <laughs> I would have played along with it. And then she could have she could have jumped up. And as Eugene and Gabriel were pulling her in, maybe they saw a bite on her hand. I, I don't know why. I feel like that would have been better. But see, Somehow. Like, if, if they were going to kill her off anyway, she would have still died a hero's death. And it wouldn't have felt like they were trying so hard to be dramatic. Like, I think, like, why did she keep it so secret throughout that whole... Well, uh, I think the thought on that is we have seen it in the past, uh, even just the episode prior, with Lydia. She got bit on her forearm. So within minutes, you have to take that body part off. If she got bit on her hand, all three of them know instantly, take off that body part, and she would have been a badass and been like, do it. But... If it's her torso, then you can't just cut that off. So it was, it was, it was a terminal bite at that point. Whereas if she got bit on her hand, that was, you could probably fix it kind of thing. As long as you got to it in time and then you controlled the bleeding. And then as long as there wasn't any infection after the amputation, she probably would have been fine. But having been bit on that particular place on her torso, you can't just carve that out. So I think that was the point of it. I think it just feels weird to me where she was bit. I agree that especially with the clothing choice that she had especially with the clothing choice yeah like i wouldn't have as many questions and i wouldn't i wouldn't dissect that that particular bite as much if they didn't have her wearing clothing that had two hoods and like i think like a denim outer layer yeah yeah i feel like there's no way that she could have got bit through that and maybe they maybe they could have pulled her collar down and maybe they could have bit her but i feel like if they had a grip on her like that and bit her Man, oh man. You know what would have been... This one just hit me. They would have pulled her back down to the ground at that point. This one would have been cool if they had done... When she came up and they kept, say, her left side hidden from the viewer. And then she climbs up and she has blood on her face and they get her in there. And then Eugene and Gabe look at her with like, oh shit, kind of on their face. Because she has a huge bite on her cheek. On her cheek or something. Like, I'm getting chills actually thinking about it. Because that still probably would have been like, okay, well, shit, can we just take the cheek off? Like, (laughs) how does that work? But it's still, like, you can't amputate her head. You know what I'm saying? It's it's easy to be critics. Of course. And it's easy to say we would have done things differently. Right. But, damn it. (laughs) We would have done things differently, (laughs) man. Do you mean as the characters and the writers? I'm, I'm thinking as a writer. Okay. Not that I am a writer, but... If I were writing, <laughs> I feel like that would have played out better knowing right off the bat. It still I, it still would have had the, the same weight. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I feel like it still would have had the same weight. Yeah. You know, she died protecting her child without having the... I felt like it was like just they were trying too hard to make it dramatic, maybe. Yeah. And it kind of just made it... It was kind of like a why. Like, why? And then the placement of the bite just felt forced like all those things felt made made it feel i guess contrived i think is the word that i'm looking for yeah i'm i'm now i'm kind of playing it out of my head because again like we said jeremy and i kind of process this too as we're talking on our podcast so we might go on different thought processes and then we might forget and then kind of veer back but now i'm kind of gearing more in my head about well yeah that would have been a really cool scene and i'm thinking how i would have shot the scene too if she got bit 
on the say, cheek? Yeah, say if she got bit on right. her left cheek. And then, like like I said, they the it guys pull her in. Yeah, the guys pulled her into the window, and they're all like, oh, thank God we yeah. made it. And, and then... We would all we would have all had that moment yeah, of, like, no! Yeah, well, we all would have been like, yeah, all three of them oh, made yeah. it into the window. <laughs> yeah, but then... That first. Yeah, then the... It would have yeah. hit because if if we saw like if Rosita's back was to the camera or if the right side of her face was to the camera and we still aren't seeing her left side, but Gabe and Eugene are looking at her, but they're just looking at her like oh she just has blood on her face. But then they look closer and they're like oh shit those are bite marks. Mm-hmm. Then that's when they're joyous and then their faces fall and that's when we also fall because we're like oh no kind yeah. of thing you know yeah. Damn. Oh well, that's how. That's how we would have done it. And I'm getting chills thinking about that way. Like, yeah, I, I like that better. Yeah, that would and it, it still would have had that poetic death that she kind of. I think they kind of did do a bit of a poetic death for her too, where it wasn't as gory and violent because it would have sucked for us. Because I mean, look at just some other characters that we've seen die that we love that was really gory. It was like, yeah. oh man, that made us sick. But then with Rosita, it's a bit of like we know her fate. But it's dragged out a little bit, but in a kind of a beautiful way. Yeah. In a way, because some of her loved ones get to say goodbye. Yeah, they they still totally could have had the same goodbyes and everything like that. And yeah. It still would have been heavy. Yeah. And uh, she's, uh, I don't know the actress's name. We probably... Kristen Serratos or something like that? I mean, like, she was really good. I yeah. I mean, the crying scenes and everything really had me going. Yes. And she definitely deserves all the praise that she gets for for that character. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Kristen Cerritos. Yeah. Yeah, she was phenomenal. After that scene, now we're outside of Pamela's estate, it seems, and Mercer's looking through his binoculars at the the living people outside of the gate trying to get into safety. But right now, their current mission is to get Judith to Tommy because Judith just came out of the hospital miraculously and just... She apparated. <laughs> yeah. She's just out. And then the next, yeah, like we said, she's in with Tommy now, and he's going to work his magic. And it's pretty cool because Ezekiel's there with him, and in previous times, I think Ezekiel, since he has veterinary experience, he was assisting with some surgeries and stuff, especially when it was on yeah. the sly when they were doing it for some of the citizens that couldn't really get in quicker. Yeah, they had uh, a sort of, I forget what the, the protocol was, mm-hmm. but... They had, like, a number like a number system or something. Yeah, they had, like, a number system that just wasn't right. Yes. I, I like that Ezekiel kind of took it on. Well, he, he was part of the resistance right. and helped people who really needed it when they needed it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was definitely cool. Yeah, going, going to Governor Milton. Now, she's not a strictly evil person. No. But I see that she's fearful the fact that she doesn't see that she could help those people outside the gate, there was plenty of time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Plenty of time yeah. for her to let them in. And there was plenty of room. I don't... Man, oh, man. I just, it's bugging me that, like... Yeah. They made her out to be... I, I feel like that move... Should have been more... That That's more of a sinister move. Yeah. That's not like a move out of desperation. But they're playing it off like she was just afraid that the walkers were going to get in. Yeah. And going back to previous scenes where Carol tells Daryl that all the supplies were taken by the soldiers because Pamela wanted them... 
basically for her own self, like, or for her needs, whatever, but she took them away from the community. Again, that's such a selfish thing to do. How do you not see that that's wrong? Mm-hmm. But that's a villain. Yes. After the Tomi situation with him going to be performing the surgery on Judith, we go over to a scene with Lydia and Aaron. And I'm kind of glad that Aaron's trying to <laughs> hold her hand in this situation. Oh, that was the <laughs> that joke was the you came pun. up with. <laughs> we were writing our notes earlier and I started chuckling at my screen and he's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, it's a pun that I just made that I'm going to share with you during the podcast. I want to see them try to give each other a high five with the wrong hand. That'd be funny <laughs> for everybody else. Like, oh, that's right. No, we don't have an arm there anymore. Although if Aaron's wearing his... uh. Spike. Yeah. That depends Ooh. on what Lydia's wearing. Yeah, she's got to get a little spike. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Be like spike bros. Yeah. Spike, spike uh, siblings. Although, is it going to be like those little things that you spike find sisters. on the... Because he's kind of... Yeah, he's gay, so he can go with the yeah. sister if he wants to be a sister. But they they have those little, like, on train tracks, They at least they grow around here, that they're like little balls and they're spiky, and if you get them on your shoes or your pants, they are stuck mm. for, like, all eternity. Is that going to be what happens if they're... Their sticky balls oh. get stuck together. <laughs> That's like their high five. They're just going to be stuck. <laughs> Sorry, I see this is the thing that we, we go on, on like a small tangent. Let's back to Walkington. Yeah. Well, I just want to touch back on that real quick. I, I do. And we saw their relationship growing within the past couple episodes. Yeah. Aaron and Lydia. And I think that was a really nice build up and kind of a nice uh, tie, not tie in unifying feature that they both have now. Absolutely, yeah, they both... So it sucks, sucks that she has... To, again, I can't wait to get back to that episode yes. and talk about that because that kind of... Some things about that annoyed me too. Yeah, but such a beautiful scene though. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, the, that whole... They, they did that really well. Yeah, I've always loved Aaron from when he first came on, but I think as we got closer to the finale, knowing that I didn't know if he was going to survive and also... I don't know if there's ever plans for an Aaron spinoff, which I would be a thousand percent for, but I have grown to really love Aaron and I was like heartbroken at their scene in that little trailer thing when Aaron had to assist taking off Lydia's arm. But like Jeremy said, I love the dynamic between the two of them and that bit of a bonding moment that they had. Yeah. And I I think it's really sad going back to the current episode when she's just really freaked out about Elijah and she's basically just saying that like that's basically just what happens everybody just dies like everyone that she loves or she gets close to is just pulled from her at some point in time and they're just gone yeah it definitely feels like that yeah it's sad i am surprised and again we'll talk about that in that episode but jeremy and i both were a little annoyed with how she handled the elijah being separated from her part and i think that's part of what you were talking about annoying you but we'll we'll talk about that more in depth in that podcast pertaining to that episode negan's missing uh-oh. That's, about, that's, that's next to my note. <laughs> Negan is missing. Uh-oh. He's going to be on milk cartons. <laughs> uh, no, but I do. I, I love the next scene. Me too. With, uh, with Maggie and Negan and uh, how he, he finally apologizes. Yeah, and she's still like, suspicious. Heartfelt. Yeah, and she's suspicious. She's like, what is your angle? And he's like, I have no angle, Maggie. This is, I'm doing this for you. Yeah, and I, I, I love that without saying anything, really, she at some level accepts his apology. I agree, yep. At least, to, like, they have another scene at the end yeah, of the episode, the which is another great scene. I love that scene, me too. Me too, me too. Um, which 
it only makes me look forward to their spinoff even more. Yeah, because both those actors that. are amazing. Both the characters, yeah, are freaking great. Yeah, but yeah, this the scene where Negan tries to apologize, at least in in some way, and she kind of, not fully, kind of, to a certain extent, accepts the apology at least. Yes. at that point. Yeah, because I I do like that he. He's been in the apocalypse for long enough to know war. Obviously, we all know how much of an asshole Negan was during his reign of Negan. But I like that Negan had enough humanity in him to think of Maggie in that way and basically say, Maggie, if you go out to this place, they're going to know where the shots are coming from. There is going to be hell falling down on you. And you're not going to come back from that. But even though even though he's sacrificing being with his wife and his unborn child, he wants to take on that responsibility because he is the reason that Herschel is without a father. Mm-hmm. So if Maggie doesn't come back, then Herschel's going to be completely like an orphan because both of his parents are gone. So I, I do like that Negan kind of took one for the team or was trying to take one for the team yeah. and putting himself out there. And I do like that he mentioned the day before when he was on his knees and his wife was next to him and they were both almost killed, he finally understood what he took from Maggie and from little Herschel. Yeah, that was great. That was a beautiful scene. I like that she, she doesn't say anything, but she grabs the weapons from him. So you're kind of, as the viewer, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, did she accept it? Did she not? Whatever. Like, you kind of know she's processing it a little bit. But then she goes up the stairs and then she looks back and she says, are you coming? Yeah. And like, so that's a start. So that's, that's yeah. nice. So we come into Eugene chilling with Max on the couch. Max has fallen asleep. It's a cute little scene. They finally have a little bit of time to relax a little bit. Eugene gets up and goes over to talk to Rose, uh, Rosita. Sorry, (laughs) I don't know why I put so much flair on that. Um, And yeah, so they have a little bit of a talk. And Eugene is talking about the future. And he's picking up on Rose's, I guess that Rosita's, ambiance and he he could tell that she got bit yeah he could tell something's up because like everyone's tired she should be going to sleep but she's just holding the baby and just kind of as rosita said she just wanted to absorb or suck all of that in or absorb as much as uh, as much of the baby as she could yeah absorb the baby baby. (laughs) (laughs) but i remember watching her for the first time the scene where she reemerges from the walkers and everything, I was like, oh my god, how did she make it out of that? Not realizing at the time, like, oh man, she was bit. Like, I didn't realize at that time. But as Eugene was sitting there, and then he was talking about, like, taking the baby to Oceanside and teaching her how to swim and all these things, and he's like, I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? And she's not really saying... Yeah, she's not like, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. She didn't say anything, and all of a sudden I gasped while we were watching it for the first time, and I'm like, no, she Mm. was bit. Like, I'm getting chills again. And I'm just like... Oh no, Eugene picked up on it though. Yeah, I get and that. I get that. I get that being a good drama. Yeah. Drama, dramatic dramatization. Yeah. How many other ways can I say drama? <laughs> that was a good way of adding drama to it. Yeah. But again, I think it just bugs me where she was bit and I, how it played out. Just yeah. like, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if if there was, I feel like she just needed to be bit. Anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it would have been maybe a little bit more believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, though, like, because even though I mentioned I would have preferred that 
the like the bite in the face and like it dawning on them like after it happened blah 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 everything that we said just a little bit ago I am glad that they did have this scene the two of them together because this is the ending that we got so it's kind of like I'm glad that they were able to have a bit of a moment together that Eugene was the first one to kind of call her out on it and he kept the secret even when he went back over to Max and she's like hey what's up and uh he's like oh nothing and like he didn't then share like Rosita was bit right you know like he kept it between the two of them because he respects Rosita enough to keep that like to keep her wishes basically and it was nice that they got they both got to say I love you and I really enjoyed it too because they both entered the walking dead together with 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 Abe uh, Abraham of course Uh, god how many ways can I say that I said Gabe then Abe then Abraham (laughs) (laughs) but the three of them came to the walking dead together so it was nice that even though Abraham's gone now it's nice that Rosita and Eugene got to have a little bit last heart to heart yeah yeah they went through a lot together so Yeah. yeah oh man those are some funny episodes when he would be a creep watching uh Oof. rosita and abraham look wasn't weren't they at the library the one time? i think it was a library yeah maybe it was Reaper. yeah it was gross we'll get into those as a podcast at some point and i'm looking forward to it you want to go into the next scene yeah uh daryl and carol watching judith sleep when she wakes up i found it really odd that the the quote-unquote rebel base right where all our characters are the rebel base is inside Governor Milton's base. Yeah, I was, thought that too. I was like, wait, how are they seeing this? It was, it was like I, the whole time it feels like they're outside. Yes. Of Governor Milton's area. Yeah. And then no, they're in. They're already there. They're already inside the base. Yeah. Well, I guess because oh, you know what? Probably I think. See, this is the part where we talked about. We must have missed that little part somewhere. But Mercer got out of jail. And he had some people on the inside, so they probably got all of them in to the estate. Okay. I'm, uh, I, that's just dawned on me now. I'm thinking that somehow that's we'll, how it happened. We'll I'd have to watch. I'd have to watch it again to really find if you guys are watching or listening, and you know how our group got in officially, and you feel like letting us know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I maybe it. I'm stupid, but I feel like that could have been like I feel like they could have made that a little bit clearer. Yeah how they wound up inside Governor Milton's estate. Ba- estate. Yeah. yeah. Right? They're they're yeah. in her like community. Property. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess it's is it only her house that's yeah. in that property? It seemed like right after the walkers started coming into the city that Governor Milton had her soldiers go and protect her house. Right. And I know that that was part of the plan that she was going to keep everybody else out. But again, how was there like a back door that our group got into? Well, that's why I'm saying I think one of Mercer's workers that is also a Commonwealth soldier, but is also is on Mercer's side. I think that they let him in, okay. and the rest of our group. We'll go with that for now. Yeah, but I do like this scene a lot where Daryl and Carol, Daryl and Carol, are next to Judith, and. Uh, Daryl says, hey, little ass kicker. And she says, hey, big ass kicker. I yeah. loved that. That was so cute. You're like, damn right. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Yeah. Breaking bad. <laughs> <laughs> but Judith starts saying, about mom and dad. And then Daryl says, is it true? And then, sorry, I didn't say anything before. That I thought you would leave, too. That was that was sad. When yeah. Judith was like, I guess that was the first time she really told Daryl yeah. about Michonne's mission. And that... 
I guess it was just up in the air. Like we, we're gonna have to rewatch that because I'm trying to remember what what did she tell everybody that Michonne was doing? Yeah, I thought that that was what was happening. I thought yeah, that that's what everyone, everyone knew. knew that. So as we'll get back we to that. yeah as we rewatch, I mean, but we are gonna we are. I think she left in like season ten though, so we didn't see her at all for season eleven. So yeah. it's gonna be quite a while before we get to that point of the story again but we will definitely touch base on that in it's another our big hit to the to the franchise too because man she was she was another great character she was a phenomenal character i love her so much yeah. man i want arms like her <laughs> <laughs> that was sad that judith thought that daryl would leave too yeah because i i love their relationship together yeah he definitely took on like the fatherly role even though he still has that uncle vibe of course but yeah. like such a protective uncle well i guess technically he did leave Originally, like, because he, he did, did look for, for Rick for a long time. Yeah, but I wonder if maybe Judith was too little to fully comprehend it or to really realize, but then as she started getting older, she wanted him to be around a yeah. lot more. Because that's the other thing. Like, I wonder how she's going to take his leaving now, because if he's going to be all the way over in France, he's going to be gone for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, will they ever see each other again kind of while? So... I mean, time will tell because we will definitely do podcasts for those spinoffs too because I am super pumped about those. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're still in the room and then we hear gunshots and then Mercer looks and he sees that they're shooting citizens that are trying to climb the gates. Then Mercer is talking about how he's going to go out and fight and that his soldiers are going to go with them. But then our group is also going to stand with Mercer and that he tells them that this isn't your battle. You don't have to do this. But then Ezekiel makes a nice speech as Ezekiel usually does. Yeah. And everybody... Pretty much everyone volunteers to go out and assist Mercer because Mercer is one of them, and Mercer has done a lot for our people. So yeah, it's kind of one of those where you can't just leave now, and our people never would do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wanted to see more Mercer. Like, uh, there there were some really good scenes with him that I I don't know if we touched on that episode yet, where uh, Mercer winds up shooting some of his own men because mm-hmm. they were corrupt. I instantly loved him after that. I'm like, yeah. yes, mercy. Yeah. yeah, the ones where they went to the house. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, we yeah. touched on that episode yet. I think yeah, that's we'll from season that 11, though. Yeah. But yeah, I don't believe we touched on that. But we will in the podcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I love that they're all rabbling together to rabble. Is that a word? Rabble? Rabble around the... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, they're all getting together to, to fight, which is a nice... Like, I got you back. Got you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But our group is like that, though. Not that they necessarily go and look for trouble, but they're all courageous enough to help when help is needed. Yeah. They're like Gryffindors. Yeah. They help when help is needed. (laughs) So, uh, the next scene, we have Maggie and Megan getting ready to snipe Governor Milton. um, And Mercer confronting Governor about her corruptness. Yes. Which was really good it was it was finally seeing mercer take a stand and kind of become the leader that everybody needed him to be absolutely i really liked this scene where pamela tells colonel vickers to arrest mercer and the rest of the people that are with mercer but the way that colonel vickers kind of went over to pamela it seemed as though she was in agreement but then she's like reading the rights and stuff but then she that's when she tags mercer in yeah. Which was pretty cool. I liked that. I liked that she finally went with her gut because in previous episodes that we'll get to, she you can kind of see she's faltering a little bit. Oh, she yeah. doesn't really have much faith in Pamela. She's kind of, Or not that she doesn't have much faith in Pamela, but she's realizing just how much Pamela is in it for Pamela. And she's not in it for the citizens. And that 
she is kind of setting it up for the citizens to die. Yeah. Basically. So I think she was kind of faltering her, her, what's the word I'm looking for? Her allegiance was faltering. Yeah. It was, it was pretty obvious to see that she was starting to see how corrupt, um, yeah, corrupt isn't really the right word, but how Pamela Milton was not really in her right mind all the time. No, definitely not. She's like, all right, I'll, I'll follow your orders, but I don't feel too good about this. Yeah. And then it was interesting how Pamela yells traitor to Mercer, but then he calls out, calls oh, yeah. her out for disappearing citizens, shooting, shooting a child and leading the dead to the doorstep and then leaving thousands out there to die as the horde is approaching. I thought it was pretty cool that during all this, like, you know that the, the, the walkers are closing in on the alive people and Gabe is the first one to approach and, and say that he's letting the people in and that he'll kill anyone that tries to stop him. Mm-hmm. Wow, did he grow since the first time we freaking meet him? I love, I do love that part in the, yes. in the show. They really brought it full circle with him. Yep. I really didn't like Gabriel when we first met Same. him. Same. Mm-hmm. He was a coward. Of, yeah, too much of a coward and too much of a liability. And then he started ratting on our group. Oh yeah. To um, Deanna. Yeah. Really early on, and he it's was true. like. He was telling them, oh, yeah, they, they've done awful things. You can't trust these people. And we're like, dude, yeah. they saved your life. So, yeah, I didn't like Gabriel at first. But, man, he turned into such a badass. Yeah, he did. And this Multiple scene. Multiple times. Yeah. And this scene was definitely really, really good. Again, because we, we already mentioned that he, they came full circle. That originally, the way they found him was that he was trying to block out his uh congregation yep he saved himself by you know barring his congregation outside of his church yep and they all died yep and you could see like the claw marks outside claw from marks. the alive people yep. i would assume yeah they were alive at the time yep. and then uh yeah so he was just a complete coward and now he's willing to die to save all these other strangers yep. basically yep so yeah i thought that was a really good yep solid it's not the end scene for him, but it's like one of his final scenes. Really, really good. Absolutely. And then I that Pamela kind of set out a hit for him, and she's like, kill him. And then one of the soldiers went up with a gun, and Daryl stops the order of for Pamela to shoot Gabe. Uh, and then Daryl has that short but heavy speech about if she doesn't let the people in, that she's going to lose everything anyway. Yeah. And that Pamela built this place to be like the old world, and that was the problem. And that you've got one enemy, and we ain't the Walking Dead. Yeah, we ain't the Walking Dead. Yeah. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. I because wasn't there a I, scene where, where where Rick says we are the Walking Dead? Yeah, it's complete just juxtaposition. Yeah. From what Rick said, I don't know what I agree with more. I, f- I feel like I agree with Daryl a little more. We ain't the Walking Dead. I feel. Like, I, I kind of understand where Rick was coming from, but I understand, I, I like when Daryl says it, basically, just saying that, you know, we're, we are not the enemy. Right. The enemy is outside those walls. They are, the walk, you know, the walking dead is the enemy. Right. Like, See, we, sh- we shouldn't be each other's enemies. Basically. Yeah, I, I think both are correct, and both have their own meaning to them. Yeah. Like, yes, we are the walking dead, or no, we aren't the walking dead. Two different meanings. But both have weight and both make sense given the context, like yeah, you know. Daryl's eye also needs to be more swollen. I have that in my notes. 
Like he, oh, he, got, he got slugged in the eye. It looks awful. Yeah. Um, and the makeup was was really good, but I felt like it should have been puffier. Oh, okay. Like it I didn't been know swol- what you meant. It should have like, been swollen shut. If if they're gonna make it look that bad, might as well make it swollen a little bit more. At first, he said his eye needed to be just, swollen. Just my, like, just my opinion. So. I got, you. I got you. Then this is when the female officer gets her own. She finally goes with her own guts, and she orders the rest of the soldiers to lower their weapons. Uh, and that's when she tags Mercer in. Yeah. And then that's when they arrest Pamela. And that's when we, we also go back over to the scene of Maggie and Negan. And they say that Negan tells Maggie that Pamela's being arrested. And that's when Negan says, but for a person like that, getting arrested is worse than death. Yeah. Which I think for Maggie, she picked up on the fact that Negan is also speaking yeah, Ma- from experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Maggie was also like, <laughs> Yeah. Well. Yeah, because originally she wanted Negan dead. And Absolutely. she was pissed off that Rick stopped Rick, it. Rick kept, yeah, Rick kept him alive. But when she saw how broken Negan was, she understood why they kept him alive. Yeah. So I think she understood that. But then, yeah, so this was happening. She was getting ready to take Pamela out, but having Negan say, "Oh, it's worth it, worse than death," mm-hmm. having her get arrested. Yeah, I think she, she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I understand." Yeah. Uh, because I saw that happen to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. So then they open the gates and let the people in just in the nick of time. And thankfully, Elijah and Jerry are both there. Because if we had made a podcast when, like, before the series finale came out, and if we had made a podcast when Jerry left that RV after Lydia got her arm taken off to look for Elijah, Jeremy and I were very, we were very nervous for Jerry. Oh, yeah. I was so nervous. I love that character. And to have him go out, that way, oh man! But yeah, was, if, if, if he, no, he went out a hero. He did. But if you were to leave like that, and then we find out later and see him as a walker, oh, that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think that would have been great. I I wouldn't complain about that. Yeah. Being his end, that would have been heartrending. Yes. And that would have been great story. But I am glad that he survived. Me too. Well, especially we were nervous because as we all know, as viewers, when they have, when the character has a moment that you're like, oh, they're having such a heartfelt moment. That's typically when they're gone after that. And he kind of had a bit of a moment when he was leaving the RV and we're like, oh no, is he not going to make it? Yeah. You start getting your guard up. So then at the gate, Pamela sees that Hornsby is one of the dead that's there. I definitely thought she was going to let him bite her. For sure. Yeah, it definitely looked like she kind of, like, lost all hope yeah, of it, anything. She was, like, she lost her empire. Mm-hmm. and Her son. And her son. And now she sees that even Hornsby, I think I think that was a big hit to her. Yeah. Because even though she had a little bit of a rivalry with Hornsby, I think she felt that Hornsby was one of those people that could kind of weasel his way out of anything. Yep. And to see that he didn't make it. I think really hit her. She was just ready to call it quits. I agree. Like sort of, she sort of felt like she knew that she deserved to die, but then we, as the viewer, we hear Judith saying that it's never too late, and that there's other people out there that need help. And then it seemed like Pamela was getting closer and closer yeah. to Hornsby, and I was just waiting for Hornsby to grab her and like pull her in. But then Maggie snipes out Hornsby, and then completely just takes away that option for Pamela. Which I think I have, I have in my notes. I feel like it was a little bit half-assed on everybody else's part because they watched her <laughs> walk up to the gate, not guarding her. Now, there's no way that anybody. Oh, because she was just arrested too. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that anybody could have known that she was going to like sacrifice herself. 
but why wasn't anybody like holding on to her? And then when they saw her getting closer, instead of just saying, oh no, please don't stop, you know, <laughs> like they could have like snuck up and like grabbed her back. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. Uh, instead of just like, no, please don't. Yeah. You know, it just felt a little half-assed. I got you. I guess, again, it was the poeticness of it. Yeah. And they're trying to wrap up a couple things, and I guess just her seeing Hornsby in that way, it wouldn't have the same effect if someone were pulling her back kind of thing. So then we go over to Mercer's base. They're going to start taking care of the walkers that are in the area, the horde. This, this, the next couple of scenes is really where I feel like it really picked up like and not necessarily in a good way it just like bam 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 super quick like whoa where did this plan come from it just so quick i understand like they had to wrap things up but it felt so quickly put together i do feel like they could have stretched it out a bit longer well let's should we say what happens we'll explain what happens first so yeah, the next the next scene they're corralling the dead, right? We had a lot of action. I know a lot of people complain about episodes that don't have a lot of action, um, but sometimes too much action can be too much action. I feel like this was just like, bam, bam, bam. I'm I'm snapping my fingers, <laughs> going really going really fast. They're corralling the dead. This whole scene where they're getting this fuel pumped into the pipes and the fountain and everything getting ready to blow up almost almost the whole it seemed like the whole city it seemed that way well i think or at least uh her estate maybe yeah well mercer he made an announcement over the walkies for uh, of the fact that the variants are too dangerous to just lead away from the estate so basically they have to corral all the dead in there because now that the variants are thrown in the mix they're too dangerous to just let roam yeah. Kind of thing. So he wants to take care of them. I wish they had somebody at some point, maybe a crazy person. Like, <laughs> not really. Like, some somebody they could have ran into and they could have found plans that, you know, maybe they had something against Milton. And they could have gone in and they found plans like, oh, man, he was look, he was planning on dumping all this gasoline into the uh, sewers. Oh, as like an assassination yeah, attempt? Yeah, like... Just touch on that. Like, somebody should have had that plan a couple, you know, episodes ago. And then they could have come back to that, like, hey, you remember that crazy plan that so-and-so came up with? Yeah. We're going to do that to get rid of that. But, hey, oh, okay, that's where they came up with that idea. It just kind of seemed like out of the blue for me. Yeah, that that would have been an interesting take. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been an interesting take. Silence. Done. <laughs> it was interesting, though, that they played the music to try and get the attention of the walkers. We've seen that method used in the past, too, and it's always a, a smart one to do because they're attracted to, like, fire and bright lights and music, of course. They did, for me, in this scene, and then as the explosion happened, if any of you watch Stranger Things, which we won't give any spoilers because in case you watch Stranger Things and you haven't watched the whole thing yet, whatever... And this isn't a Stranger Things podcast, but it definitely had some vibes of Stranger Things. Yeah. The Eddie Munson playing the music to get the baths distracted. 
similar to this where they're playing the music and they're getting all the walkers thrown in. And then as the explosion happened, from the fuel being in the sewers too, it cracked the ground. Yeah, it, it felt very much like the Upside Down coming into Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins. Yeah, it, it did feel a, a lot like that. So those at least those two spots. And I, I wonder who came up with that first. Like, did The Walking Dead always kind of know that they were going to gear towards this for the series finale? And was it before that portion of Stranger Things was released to the public? Or were they like, huh, that was pretty cool. Maybe we'll do something like that. Or maybe they had no connection whatsoever and it just so happened that they both did that. It is crazy how similar they were. Yeah, and it was the same year because that, yeah. that part came out from Stranger Things in like May of 2022 and we're in November of 2022 right now. And that's when the series finale, The Walking Dead, had that portion play out. Yeah, it was a cool scene. It was a really cool scene. It was scene. a very cool scene. I thought it was interesting that they did have the records playing inside Pamela's house though. And then you could see the pictures that were there. And you could see Pamela when she was with her, at least with Sebastian and I assume maybe her husband at the time i didn't really get a huge like look at the house inside but you knew it was pamela's residence i think my my issue with a lot of the scenes in this episode is the lack of setup like i feel like there there are some really cool badass scenes like this giant explosion that happens to wipe out all these walkers but i feel like the going back to the whisperers I feel like there was a lot of planning that went behind that. Okay. This one was just so quick, and I know I keep on saying the word rushed, but it just felt like there wasn't enough substance behind it to really make it feel as satisfying as it looked. Okay, I got you. The explosion and everything was really sweet. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was great. I loved watching yeah. the explosion and... The, set, the, whole, the little setup that we saw. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like because there wasn't much backing it, it just felt like fluff. And I I understand with that too because it was also one of those where as the viewer you kind of had to fill in the blanks a little bit. Like I don't remember them saying that we're going to put fuel in the fountain. Yeah. But when the way they shot it, I as a viewer took it as, oh shit, that's probably fuel coming out of the fountain. They needed like a 1980s montage. They needed... <laughs> They needed a couple of 1980s montages throughout this episode. Where you see them, okay, like dumping stuff. and I mean, they yeah. kind of did. Like, and you can have somebody, like, dubbing, <laughs> dubbing over. Yeah, I know they kind of did. <laughs> but kind of, like, dubbing over it, like, all right, first we're going to dump all the money. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And then having all these little scenes, you know, a classic 80s montage. Sure. And the, the badass music. Too. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we need the Willem cry in there. Just because. <laughs> Yeah. Did they ever have that on the show? For for those of you listening, if you don't know what the Willem cry is, it's in pretty much every major movie, major action movie that's ever been made. Yeah, with screams at least. With with a scream. Yeah. Yeah, somebody in the background will scream. You've definitely heard it if you've watched any amount of movies. Yeah. But I wonder if they did put it in The uh, The Walking Dead. They definitely should have. Well, I think we'll pick up on it. At this rewatch, because I never knew about that Willem cry until years ago. Jeremy told and me about it. Now you hear it everywhere. Absolutely. Even you there's hear times. It everywhere now that there's you know even that times exists. we'll be watching a show and I'll be like, oh my God, did you hear it? And you're like, no. And then we would have to rewind it and then he would hear it then. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. So <laughs> I think now when we do our rewatch, starting with The Walking Dead season one, episode one, and we go all the way up to the series finale, I think we'll definitely pick it out. 
Yeah. For sure. All right. Let's get back to the episode. <laughs> yes. All right. So that was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool scene. I know you feel it was rushed. I, I agree to an extent that it was rushed. But the some of the the scenes that they had of the explosion happening and you could see the fiery mess and then you could see the walkers just like disintegrating. Mm. That was really cool. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that makes me want to go back to the farm when they they blew up the farm mm. on Herschel's property and they had the walkers with that. And I remember listening to the behind the scenes of that, that I think they only did like one take on it and I think it was like super hot in front of that fire. Yeah. And it was just really cool how they recorded that. It'd be hard to be, well, we'll get to that episode too, but it'd be hard to be one of those walkers with the barn falling down behind you. And you have to see in con, you know, character ca- yes. and not look at the barn falling behind you because oh. I'd be like, oh yeah, and then it fell too. That's yeah, right. it collapsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh man, I really want to see this <laughs> barn burning and falling down to the ground, but I got to be a walker. Well, I also wonder if any of the prosthetics that the actors had to wear, if any of it got too hot and if mm-hmm. it started burning their skin at all, like their real skin. But again, we'll go into that when we get to that podcast. Yeah. Right now, we're talking about Milton. Yep. Uh, Governor Milton. Former Governor Milton. Yeah, that's true, former. Uh, and she's behind bars now. Yes, ma'am. Or yes, sir. Whoops. The- <laughs> but yes, now we are at with uh, Pamela in a jail cell. That's all I have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's more to the scene, but I, that was like the main thing that I took away from that. Well, I liked this one a lot because Carol had a bit of a mic drop moment. Oh, yeah. Sorry if you hear cars drive by every once in a while. Some of them are very loud. Anyway, uh, Carol was saying that we made the decision to keep you alive because we've all done bad things. Because Pamela Milton is on a bit of a a soapbox about how you don't know what it's like to have to make all these decisions for so many people. You don't know what it's like to have to give this person a really nice house and then not give the next person a really nice house and make all these decisions for people. And that's when... Carol then says that we made the decision to keep you alive because we've all done bad things. And that's when Carol made the comment as she's leaving the jail cell that at least we don't have to worry about who gets your house because they (laughs) blew it up. Oh, yeah. So I was like, burn. No pun intended. (laughs) Burn your house. (laughs) But there was a total mic drop for her. That was was a good scene. Yeah, it was a nice little... Oh, and, and... They didn't talk about it just yet, but they are going to mention it that she takes Hornsby's job. Carol, yes. Yeah, Carol yeah. takes Hornsby, Hornsby's job, which is kind of fitting. I really like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. So after the scene with the jail cell, this is when we go out to that really nice scene between Negan and Maggie, where it starts with Negan sitting there, and he has his whisperer mask in his hands, and then he just throws it. And then you see Maggie come down the stairs, and she sits down to join him. And she's talking to him about his speech earlier, and that she herself has been wondering if he would ever apologize and that if he did, if she could ever forgive him. And she's come to find out that she can't forgive him and that she talks about how beautiful, how beautiful of a person that Glenn was and that every time she looks at Negan, all that she could see is the bat coming down on his head and that blood running down his face and hearing him call for, for Maggie and then hearing Negan mocking him while Glenn dies. Yeah. So that's like, how, how do you get past something like that? Yeah. You know? That was... That was a really, really good scene. Yeah. I, I love that one, too. Um, explain, she, I love that she explained that she really can never forgive him. Right. For what he did. Yeah, I mean, that's and a huge fucking thing. I didn't expect her to. No. Or really kind of want her to. Yeah. Like, you can't really expect them to ever completely get over that hump. Yeah. 
Um, and I also really like that. I don't think he said anything. Right? Did no, he say I, anything? I don't think so. I think he let her have the air and just say what she wanted to say. And I did really like that even though that was an awful thing for her to go through, I do like that she was adult enough to say that she's grateful that Negan saved little Herschel and that she knows that Negan's been trying and that he's currently trying and everything, but she's also trying and it's just some days it's harder for her. So I like that she touched on if there's days I can work with you and I'm fine, that's good. If there's days I can't even look at you, you have to accept that basically because she must be having like a rough day or whatever. I like that she also touched base that she doesn't want little Herschel to think that someone has that kind of hold over her his mother basically that that someone has that kind of power to make her that upset all the time and everything especially with Maggie being such a powerful woman that she is that Herschel already has a strong role model in Maggie but I think Maggie's trying to work on her forgiveness with Negan because she doesn't always want Negan to live in her head with that situation and she wants to remember Glenn as the beautiful person that he was yeah, and not just in the final moments. Yeah, I like that. I forget. I know it's a pretty common phrase, but the opposite of love is indifference, not hate. You know, the opposite of love isn't hate; it's indifference. Because if you hate somebody, you still have some sort of uh, attention towards them. You okay. have you're you're giving them some sort of um, attention. Love is attention, but you know, obviously, most people think the opposite of love is hate, but if you have complete indifference towards somebody, then, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. I gotcha. I like that thought. Yeah. I like that thought a lot. Where the hell did I hear that? I don't know. No, I do know what you're talking about, though, because I have heard at least a quote similar to that, and it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm glad that she at least is trying to work towards working with him. I agree. Which, well, I mean, he's he's done a lot to... Well, he's never going to be able to make up for the things that he did. No. But killing him now doesn't make any sense because he's only trying to help now. Yep. There's he can't he will never make up for everything that he did, but killing him now would just be shooting everybody else in the foot because he is a resource now. He is. He's contributed a lot to yeah. the community. He's saved Judith before, uh in was it season 10 i think when they were trying to leave the whispers and they were on the whispers was a property or that line or whatever it was during that winter storm and negan went out to find judith there's been a lot of things that he's done in the positive in a positive way for the group and also maggie couldn't technically kill negan without her then becoming a villain too because now negan has a child on the way yeah so it kind of I don't know, it just, it sucks. I read an article, and the article said that that scene set them up for their spinoff. I did not see that at all. I did not see that being a good setup for the spinoff at all. Not really. Like, I I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. I am glad they had that scene. I have no complaints about that scene. I just don't agree with that article that was posted about how it it led up to their spinoff, because I I don't see it. Maybe I'm just not picking up on it, but I'm not seeing that being a good setup. We're simple folk. We need things spelled out for us. (laughs) I I know, I do. No, not really. I I feel like we pick up on a lot of things. And I mean, that, that article I read, that had nothing to do with like any creator from The Walking Dead, so it's not like they themselves told us like, oh yeah, that was our way of setting it up for the spinoff. But I was just some writer that said. Yeah. I don't 
don't like to think that I'm stupid, but I, I when I'm watching a show, I also, I don't, I don't always try to look ahead. So I, I do like to be surprised, and I, I typically am. I typically, I don't try to know where the story's going. So I kind of like letting the story hit me as it happens. But I forget where I was going with this. Pretty simple. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. Oh, you do try to I, picture where things are going. I I tend I do tend to predict things a lot when it comes to shows, and there are definitely times, not just with The Walking Dead, but other television shows or movies, that I definitely think of something, but I don't want to tell Jeremy because I don't want to ruin it for him. But then thanks. <laughs> but then it's like ah, I knew it I called it in my own brain but then I can't prove it to anyone else because I didn't share it with anyone but that definitely I, I, I like to call things yeah. but I, I don't always like to share it with people because I don't want to ruin it for them so depending on what it is for, for myself like I, I really yeah I typically I'm, I'm just along for the ride that's nice though that's nice <laughs> that's nice that's nice go sit in the corner <laughs> so after that nice scene with uh, Maggie and Negan we're back at the house and they're having a nice meal with some of the group. And it's nice because there's happiness all around. Dog was there too. They make a nice t- uh, toast to Luke. And I'm assuming Jules too, even though I don't recall yeah, them saying her name. They didn't say name. anything about Jules. <laughs> to Luke. To Luke and, and that other broad that died. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I think they lost a couple other people in the group, but mm-hmm. we never knew who they were. So Yeah. I did like this scene. Um, yeah. Daryl sees Negan outside and they kind of lock eyes and then they just kind of nod to each other. I do wish that they would have let Negan in. I don't know if he would have accepted the invitation. Because I feel like sometimes he likes to just punish himself for yeah. things. It, I wonder if the nod was supposed to be enough. It would have been kind of cool to to see maybe Daryl like poke his head out and, and talk to Negan and say, Hey, you want you want something to eat? Yeah. Or something, you know, like just a little bit of an offer. Mm-hmm. And maybe Daryl, or yeah, maybe Negan would be like... Nah, I don't feel up to it yet, or something like that. Yeah, you know, I got maybe, you. Maybe, yeah. maybe he still doesn't doesn't feel like he's earned his place, but maybe he's still working towards it. You know. Yeah, I, but, I did appreciate the nod there though, because yeah, that was that was that was fine. I'm I'm not complaining. about No, that, I'm so. not either. Like, I mean, I am a little bit with just I wish Negan came in, but I'm not overall. I'm not complaining about the scene because I think it was a beautiful scene, especially given their history when Negan was in his whole Negan thing he was awful to daryl oh yeah and that's something i'm i am really looking forward to going back and rewatching those episodes and then discussing them in depth in a podcast because daryl is such a strong character to me and to see him get beat down like that in some of the scenes oof it was bad but to see them both mature and just nod at each other and they're both acceptance and they're kind of like it's water under the bridge yeah for that's them awesome for them, that's a big deal. Yeah, Absolutely. That, just that simple nod, I think, was a big deal. Yeah, and I think it was good closure for us as the viewers, too, since it's the series finale. We don't know if they're ever going to be together again. Like, we don't know if Negan and Daryl will be together again, is what I'm saying. So it was nice to have a bit of closure on that front. Yeah, we, we have a good, bittersweet ending here, where I love... The happy ending part where everybody's together and they're having wine and they're laughing and stuff like that. Uh, we get to see Magna and Yumiko get back together. Yes, I'm so happy about that. Yeah, that was, that was a nice, another good happy ending. I liked it. It felt good. Yeah, they weren't, like, 
they weren't one of those couples that you would instantly think of like Maggie and Glenn. No. But they definitely were like a oh yeah, they were a couple. That would be nice if they got back together. It feels like it's been a while. Yeah, and it even definitely when does. I feel like even when they were together, I feel like they weren't super oh not not I don't want to say open about it. I don't know. It wasn't we, like directly in our face all right, the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll we'll have to watch those episodes again when they were still together because I feel like they were together for a short period of time. Yeah. And then they were broken up. For, for a good amount of it, a yeah. A long time. Yeah. And then to the point where, oh yeah, they were. We forgot mm-hmm. that they were together. But it was really nice. I'm glad that they had some closure and that the, those two characters came back together. Yeah. But then of course we have the scene with uh, Gabe and Rosita, mm-hmm. and uh, Gabe can tell us something's up, and he lean. Well, Rosita leans in. And tells Gabriel about the bite. Yeah, they they definitely have a good moment. Again, Rosita has a beautiful, oh, yes. like, cry face. I, I don't does. know how to say it. It's so natural. She just, yeah, it, it's very real. Yeah. And watching her cry yeah. makes me cry. I know, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. Because <laughs> she is such a beautiful person, though. Like, just look-wise, and just her acting ability is beautiful, and her character is beautiful. So then... To see her just, there's a difference when you're sobbing, crying, and when you're just like how she was portraying it, which was she's sad, but she's accepting it, and she's just beautifully crying, not like ugly cry kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, overall, it was just a beautiful scene. And Judith, she's kind of picking up on this, and I think that kind of irked Jeremy a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you wanted to say anything, but so right here in my notes, uh, not sure about the, the look that Judith gives the two of them. Are we supposed to understand that she knows that Rose is bit? What? And even if even if that is what we're supposed to take away from that quick scene, yeah. that, oh, Judith is picking up on this heaviness, she can tell that she's bit. Oh, crap. What? Who, who cares? <laughs> no, like, what... That doesn't add anything. That doesn't add anything to me. Seeing Judith react to that scene was kind of out of place for me. Didn't I? She shouldn't have been there. Yeah, they should. I... They should have just cut that scene where Judith looks over and has like a heavy moment, and went straight to the next scene where they kind of have a slowdown, and they show. Rosita, you know, laying in bed. Yeah, Carol and, and Maggie lead Rosita into the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have had that scene, and everybody kind of says their goodbyes. Yeah. Um, which I think they could have had maybe even more goodbyes. Yeah. Even even her goodbye felt a little rushed. Yeah. I think I think maybe they could have not not a montage, not an eighties montage, That's... but they could have done like a little bit of a time lapse where they show all the people coming in and like. The memories that they had together. Yeah, just yeah. real quick saying goodbye to her. But it was really just Gabriel. And then he takes Coco away. Which yeah. I feel like Coco should have stayed with Rose. I was shocked. Right up until she passed away. Yeah. And then take her out of the room. Yeah. And then, you know, finish her off the way you have to in this world. Yeah. Knife to the back of the head. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I have in my notes, too, because... Um, I have that I was really hoping that they would let Rosita snuggle up with Coco for a little bit longer. I did appreciate the, that Gabe 
was praying with her and then when before he grabbed Coco he said I'll see you again someday I thought that was really sweet I thought that was really cute mm. if you're into the religious aspect of things I definitely was a little shocked that they took Coco away so quickly I thought that they were going to be able to visit for a little bit longer at the very least supervised visitation because of course you can't just leave Rosita in there with a baby because even though it's her own baby because Rosita won't know when she passes that she would eat cocoa so yeah. of course there should be a supervised visit but then when Gabe took the baby I was like okay but then Eugene pulled up a chair and he was sitting and I did like that they were able to have another moment together and that Eugene ended up saying that he wouldn't be the man that he is today had he not met her yeah and then now the one thing Jeremy and I are like kind of huh what does Rosita mean by that I'm when she's you in the end. yeah I'm glad it was you in the end I don't know what she meant by that like was that to survive her or to finish like I don't know whether he's the one that winds up putting her down. Oh, maybe that could be it. That could very well be it. I don't know if that's what she meant, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was a good scene between the two of them. Yeah, I'm glad that they had that scene, because I'm glad that they had the scene earlier where Eugene first approaches her about her bite. I'm glad they had that scene together and they got to say their I love yous, but then I'm glad at the very end of her life that they had another moment, and she seemed to go pretty quickly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it it's hard to tell how much time has passed between her getting bit and whatnot. Yeah. But it did seem like she was fine, fine, fine. And then I am glad though that we didn't have to see them put a knife in her head. Just oh yeah. Because sometimes when you do care so much about a character, it's a little rough. Yeah, and we we didn't need that. No, we definitely definitely didn't need that. And especially the way that they had her passing was such a beautiful as comfortable as it could be kind of mm-hmm. passing so it was nice to not have that like oh geez that was gruesome so it was nice to have that and then they flash forward a year later with eugene placing flowers near a wall plaque for rosita so that yeah. was nice and then he named his daughter yeah rose yeah i liked that he turned around and max was holding the rosie baby. yeah he turned around and yeah eugene turned around and max was holding rosie yeah. that was cute which then we found out that the rosie. actor yeah the actor um that plays Ezekiel. I can't think of his name now, and I love him so much. Kari Payton. Kari Payton, thank you so I much. I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, yeah, I know his name. Yeah, so I, I love that Kari Payton, that was his real-life baby. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I think, I think I it's think a, boy. It a boy. Yeah, I think it's a boy, though, but at that age, he can yeah. kind of yeah. play, yeah, yeah, play yeah. either or. Babies are pretty neutral. Yeah. And that was nice, because then they go right into them walking away with the baby, with baby Rosie, and... Then they introduce Governor Ezekiel. Governor, yeah, Governor Ezekiel and Lieutenant Governor Mercer. Yes, that's a that's a good power couple. There. Heck yeah, and I love speaking of power couple. I love that princess is so excited when they mention Mercer, and she like jumps up and then she blows him a kiss. And yeah. she's like kind of calming down a little bit, but she's so freaking cute. I love her. <laughs> yeah, this this part of the ending is really really good. I love the uh, sort of community that they're they're building now yeah as as a group yeah it's a more positive vibe to it it's like the leader the leader of the commonwealth and at least one of the leaders of our groups king ezekiel coming together and really genuinely having a good bond together absolutely like we know that they have a good rapport together and we know that they're actually going to work towards a better future yeah and i'm really happy that ezekiel survived his cancer because he was pretty much on the path of like, yeah, I know this is terminal, so this sucks. But I'm so glad that they found the Commonwealth when they did and that 
Carol was able to work her Carolness magic and got him bumped up with Tommy, and Tommy was able to remove the cancer, and that we're at where we are with Ezekiel. Yeah. Because he was such a great character. It would have been really a sad one to yeah. lose him. Yeah, that would have been a big blow. Yeah. But it would have been interesting for people to pass away outside of something of just a bite. The next scene, we see Connie and Daryl. They run up to each other and they hug. And I do love that they sign to each other. I thought it was really cool, and I thought it really shows and proves that Daryl cares enough about Connie to learn ASL. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a really nice scene between them. It was, yeah. Obviously, he's been learning it over the years since she's been in their group and everything. But I thought that was a nice little wrap-up to their story. I'm glad that they touched base on them a little. Even though it wasn't a huge, huge part at the end, I'm glad that they touched base together. I am a little surprised they didn't end up together romantically because mm-hmm. it seemed like they kind of were leading to that for a little while. Yeah. And they do seem to kind of mesh pretty well together. I wonder, and I I don't know... Like, I wonder if they'll come out and say that, oh, yeah, maybe maybe Daryl is asexual. He's just not interested in people yeah, in, uh, that in way. a romantic manner, necessarily. I do have in here, <laughs> joking, Daryl's probably gay. Uh, him and Aaron should have wound oh. up together. <laughs> well, Aaron's available. I mean, it sucks because his husband died, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were there was talk for a while about Daryl and Jesus ending up together because Jesus oh, was gay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was talk of that. So that was definitely something when Jesus was on board on The Walking Dead. I remembered hearing rumors. So every episode I was like, oh, is this when it's going to happen? Like, are they going to be official? But yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think Daryl just kind of could not be bothered with the yeah. relationship. If any, Yeah, if anything, I feel like they're going to... Because I know everybody's like, oh, is he going to have a relationship with this person? Is he going to have a relationship with this person? Yeah. What if he doesn't want to have a relationship with anybody? Yeah. Which well, is, you know, it seems like that's where they're kind of, like, leaning with him. Like, he's just, like, a loner. Yeah. He doesn't seem romantically inclined with pretty much anybody he has good relationships with people though it could also be his upbringing he definitely had a a really troubled childhood so it could be something to do with that like it could be ingrained in him to just kind of be on his own for the most part because it took a while for him to even get to a point where he let friends in like he let our people in and then i mean look at the bonds that he's created with carol and especially with Rick, too. Oh, man. Uh, they are like brothers. I love their relationship. Me, too. I can't wait till we get to those scenes, especially that one scene where Daryl gets rescued from Negan's prison, and Rick and Daryl reunite again, and they hug. Oh. oh. Yeah, 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 love yeah. Love that scene. That made me cry every time I would watch that. I love yeah. that scene so much. Yep. Yeah. Still, thinking about it now, I'm like, oh. It, right in the, right, I feel it in my chest. Right? Right in the feels. Mm-hmm. So that that was a nice little wrap-up of Connie and Daryl. So that was nice. Then the next scene, Lydia and Elijah are walking back. They just came back from somewhere. And they brought Judith a gift from Negan. And it was a compass that she had gifted to Negan a while ago. Yeah, I I have in my notes. I forgot that she gave that to him. I did too. We'll I, have to see when that episode happens. That's one, that's one of those things that I think they should have put a little bit more emphasis on that compass throughout it didn't have to be anything major but just have like a quick scene of negan looking at the compass and i think that would have given it more weight and then when we got to this scene where he he gives it back to judith 
it would have had a lot more weight. Mm-hmm. It would have been like, oh, man, the compass. He's giving her co- the compass back. We know how much that meant to him. I completely forgot that she gave him that compass. Me too, me too. And it didn't come into play at all. I, I don't... I, did it come into play at all? Like, did he use it? I don't remember. Did he... But... I, I don't remember him using it. I have a few thoughts about that. Because we jumped a year, because Rosita's death, to now. We jumped a year. So after we jumped that year, maybe that's when Negan and Maggie are up in New York. And maybe he's somehow utilizing the compass for that. Also, Negan included a letter, and in the letter he had mentioned, I hope that it can guide you to your dreams. Could that possibly mean that at some point Judith and RJ will use that compass and then lead her to her dream of reuniting with her mom and dad? That'd be nice. So maybe that's maybe, a little... Maybe they're, yeah, maybe they're trying to set it up for... A future show of yeah. Judith and RJ, because we don't know how it's going to play out with the Rick and Michonne spinoff yet. Like, maybe RJ and Judith will somehow pop up in there, and maybe they'll use the compass to get to them. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. So that could be a, a setup. But again, it was such a small thing. I genuinely did not remember that Judith had gifted Negan the compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless we're just maybe, bad maybe Walking Dead remember, fans. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you guys remember better than we do. We're like, maybe everybody else is like, oh, the compass. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. for us, we're like, oh, oh, yeah. The, I guess I forgot. Yeah. Maybe he did like, give, oh, it's a compass. She did give him a compass. Yeah. Um. We see Jerry really quick. Yeah, and his uh, wife. And his wife. I'm happy to see that he's still alive with his wife. And I'm sure their kids are still fine. And they don't explicitly say it. But he's got a, he's got the sword on his hip. Yeah. And he looks a little bit more regal. I wish... Again, I like to be told certain things sometimes. Yeah. I wish they did at least somebody say, Yo, King Jerry! Yeah, I gotcha. What's up, King Jerry? Something like a little hint like, Oh, yeah. he's got his own kingdom now. Because, yeah, and it, as the viewers, I'm sure we remember just a few episodes prior to the finale, they were on their way to Oceanside and I think... Was it Aaron that said you guys Jerry yeah. could be King Jerry yeah, 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 and yeah. his wife uh, ruling a place together? That would have been great. Yeah, that, that would have been that. a nice little nod. But I guess that was their nod without using words. That was their nod of just... Yeah, I don't know. I think that would have been a, a nice little... It, it would have brought a smile to my face if I heard somebody say, Yo, what's up, King Jerry? Yeah, I, I agree, though. I do yeah. agree. I do wish that they said something like that. Yeah, even if they said, like, how'd your... Uh... What's that word? It's not strudel. Cobbler. Cobbler. How's your cobbler coming along? King, yeah, how's your cobbler, King Jerry? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Sounds dirty. <laughs> On that note, we're going to the next scene. King Jerry's cobbler. They're they're kind of having the wrap-up with all the other characters, and it's all happy happy feels now and stuff. Where they're Happy all... shit happens. <laughs> but, like, Aaron's there with Gracie, and Gracie and Judith hug, and Gabe comes out with what we assume is Coco, and she's a little bit older looking and stuff. She looks a little bit older than a year yeah. passing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But at one point, Carol asks Maggie, I heard that you wanted to talk. And she tells Carol and Daryl that she wants to talk about the future and what could be out there. Which is leading up to the Daryl spinoff for him to see what's out there. Yeah. And then they go to the scene of uh, Daryl wishes that Carol could go with him. Because they're sitting now they're sitting near this beautiful yeah. lake. They were, she was originally supposed to go with she him. She was. As far as I know. Yep. But I guess she was done playing Carol. Yeah, I guess she the actress she, wanted she time off. Course. But this is when we also find out that Carol got the position that Hornsby had and that she's doing a fantastic job. I love that. I thought that was a really good... I forget what Hornsby's position actually was, but it makes sense that she would take over for him seeing as how she like 
worked so closely with him. Yeah, he was assistant in, to the regional manager. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scranton, uh, the office kind of thing. <laughs> We're from Scranton, too, and we get that a lot. We get talk of the office. So every now and then, Jeremy and I have to throw in a little office humor. Yeah, here it's there. all we have. Let us have this. In Scranton. All and we have. We have really good pizza and wings. We do. But I like that Daryl wishes that Carol go with them. I like that he said that he's proud of her and that he's proud she took Hornsby's job and is making the world a better place for everyone, including their kids. I love, it always makes me so happy when people like Daryl, who's such like a hard ass and like they have these walls built up, but then they have children and they're not even his own biological children, but he took them on as his own kids. Yeah. And like that just, oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to be like from where he started. As such a gruff mm-hmm. kind of, uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he sees his brother's hand, what was he? He was he was um, off, the, not off the handle. What's the word? Wild wild card, bitches. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of a wild card. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to be such a reliable, hardworking, um, yeah, reliable is the He's word. He's very that loyal. Yeah, loyal. Very loyal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted being an amazing character and just a bad ass all yep. around but i like their little heart to heart and she's also saying that he's also going to make things better too and then i think he said that it's not like we're never going to see each other again because mm-hmm. she's getting all emotional and she's like what i can't be sad yeah like i love melissa mcbride too oh my god i love her so much she's so um she's so good oh i love her and we're finding out more about her as an actress too with like all the behind the scenes things that they have and just how in, I mean, we already know she gets so into the scenes, but she gets so into the scenes emotionally as an actress, and then she'll finish the scene, and everyone else is like, oh, that was such an amazing take, and she's like, oh, gotta do it again, and it's just I like... I wasn't crying for the right reason. Yeah, she's such an amazing actress. Like, I want to watch more of her stuff. I hope she continues acting after The Walking Dead. I hope she doesn't take too long of a break, and I, I do hope she pops up somewhere within The Walking Dead universe, yeah. because she's such a phenomenal character and actress. I forget who mentioned... I think um, Judith mentions that Daryl deserves a happy ending. Yes. Yeah, I um, love the the next scene that Judith and RJ run up and give Daryl a big hug. Yeah. And she says she'll keep an eye on Dog. And yeah. he's like, I'll keep, keep an, an eye, eye on Carol, too. Yeah, that was cute. And then he was saying that he hopes that... Or, I'm sorry. He says that if he hears anything while he's out there about Michonne and Rick, that he'll do his best to bring them home. And I do love that Judith says Uncle Daryl. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, Uncle Daryl, you, <laughs> you deserve a happy ending, too. Yeah. I I love that. And I think Daryl was a little like, oh, I think, yeah, I guess I do. Because he's, he's so willing to help everyone else and so, he, he's last. Not selfish. Yeah, he's so, like, last on his own radar, or not his radar, but his own, like, he doesn't take care of his own self, basically, especially yeah. his emotions. Like, he'd rather take care of everyone else and make sure everyone else is good. Yeah, I think, I think he's happy as long as everybody else is happy. Mm-hmm. But now that everybody else is happy, he can work on himself. He can work on himself, but I think he has to go out and find another project. I think that's why he's going out that's because true. his his like goal in life is protecting people and keeping people safe. Everybody's safe now, so he doesn't have maybe he doesn't have or a purpose. Are they? <laughs> are they? <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe he he kind of like lost a little bit of his purpose. Okay, I, I see that. So now he's going out to kind of continue fulfilling his purpose as a protector. Well, he was always a busybody, um, because I, if I remember correctly, 
he and Aaron were the ones when they mm-hmm. became closer, like when they trusted each other and everything, he and Aaron were the ones that went out and they were finding more people yep. to bring them back in. So Daryl is definitely a busybody. He needs a project and he's definitely one that he can go out and survive on his own completely. I mean, that's obvious. He's he's definitely a loner type. Yeah. I, I do hope he gets some sort of happy ending. If Before he drives off, though... We do see uh, Daryl and Carol say, I love you. Yes. Which and we I, don't, we really don't hear that too often in the no, show. No, no. And I think it was cute. Like, he put on his poncho and she came over and she fixed it for him a little bit. And then he's just looking at her and he's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And they have a nice big hug. I no was, kiss. I was wondering. I no It was kiss. one of those, I felt it. I was like, oh no, is there going to be a is. kiss? Here it is, here it is, and no. I bet, I bet Nicole Brown, she's like, oh, come on. Yeah, blue ball in it. <laughs> <laughs> things would have a really nice hug though they had a nice moment it did seem like there was something else he wanted to say there was that tension, tension in the air he looked at her and there was a bit of a silence but he doesn't say anything and then he just puts the motorcycle in gear and he starts driving away yeah the the way they end it with daryl riding off almost almost feels like and i, I don't know if I'm, this is correct Almost like the whole story, like the whole Walking Dead story was Daryl's story. Yeah, I almost. Can see that. Like the the way they, they ended it like that almost made it feel a little bit like it's his story, which is fine. because um, he's one of the best characters for sure. Well, he's been with it since like episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think in a way it kinda has been about Daryl. Especially once Rick left. Yeah. Because for the longest time, it was all like Rick and what he's doing and stuff. I know. It's it's all... It's really... I know it's really all their their show. Like, it's all their those story. characters, their stories. It's all their stories. I get that. But we started with Rick. So you get attached to that person and you start following them and you're, you get it in your mind. Okay, this is Rick's story. But then he left the show. And that was kind of like... Michonne's story for a while because she was leading but then it was kind of her Maggie and Daryl because they were like the the trifecta for a while yeah but then yeah that little bit of an ending made you at least me I know I get that too I got it to a certain degree yes I was just gonna say to a certain extent I agree with that all right now we we see Daryl ride off because it almost it almost felt like his story I thought it was neat, though, that one of the last walkers that Daryl drives by was Greg, Greg Nicotero. Yeah, I definitely saw. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, is that Greg? Yeah. Because yeah. you, you could tell. You yeah. could see him. And that was one of the first walker kills that we as the viewer saw Daryl do was in the first season and like the second episode where it was the walker that mm. went after the deer. And Daryl's like, oh, I've been tracking that for days or whatever he said. But that was the walker yeah. that took out the deer, and then yeah. obviously he can't eat the deer they because it's around infected. that bite mark. <laughs> I would not trust that. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty cool. And then after that scene, they fade, and it's Rick and Michonne are there. Yes, mm. new footage. It wasn't like yes, it wasn't like regurgitated. Rehashed. Yes, yes. Now, I'm thrilled about it, but I'm also slightly disappointed. But I also get it too that they didn't want rick or michonne to just jump in and save the day and it would have taken away from the whole story that they had built up and everything but i'm also disappointed that we didn't get to see rick interact with our group either 
Yeah. I know, obviously, they're setting it up for the future for us to watch for the spinoff. And overall, I am happy with how the showing of Rick was and Michonne, but... Yeah, (laughs) I think you're waiting for me to say something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, so without jumping ahead too far in my notes, I, I think... I think my issue with it is that even though they're calling this the season finale of The Walking Dead, and, you know, for all intents and purposes it is, it doesn't feel like it because we know that there's, you know, this part of the story that they didn't wrap up, but we know that they are going to wrap up with the spinoff of Michonne and Rick. Like... That feels like it has to come back to the rest of the Walking Dead, right? I mean, I would think so. That is really going to be the finale. But to we me. don't. That's we, like oh, that to you, okay? To, to, with Rick, with Rick and Michonne, like whatever ending happens with them, that's going to be the actual finale to the Walking Dead, and then other spinoff. Like I don't know. I feel like that has been. Um, a big open end in the story and the whole plot line again, because we were following Rick. It was Rick's story for the longest time. And then we lost him. And now we know he's still alive and Michonne is looking for him. We need to know what happens there to have a real ending to the show. Yeah. So even though this was the finale, it didn't really feel like, a finale. I I agree a thousand percent because okay. that's kind of what I, well I don't know about a thousand percent but that's what I agreed with or I mentioned in the beginning of our podcast was it was a great finale but I also didn't feel like I think I would have been a lot sadder and I also didn't feel like it was the end because it's not the end just yet like we're lucky we still have multiple spinoff we have at least three spinoffs coming and then there's Fear the Walking Dead that's still around they might even say there's other spinoffs coming at some point in time. So I I agree. Like I feel like it, this uh, this series finale, probably could have been better too. It could have we could have felt more emotional about it if it was the end. But it's not the end, so it's hard to have that closure when mm-hmm. it's not fully finished yet. Yeah, yeah. So I I hate to call it a finale. It's it's at least a finale for feel... this main branch. Yeah, yeah. Like, The Walking Dead, to me, is, like, the trunk of a tree, and all these other spinoffs are the branches. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, this is the trunk, and this is where the trunk ends. Yeah. Kind of thing. Some some spinoffs are better than others. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're still good for the story, and Jeremy and I will be re-watching all of the spinoffs, because we have watched, like, we're up, we're, well, we're a couple episodes behind on Fear of the Walking Dead, I think, but we're behind on Fear, and but we've watched all of World Beyond and the other spinoffs that they've had. And we're going to do podcasts about those, too. Right. But we're not super crazy about them. The Walking Dead is the complete, like, amazingness for us. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are just, like, an afterthought. And we're just like, yeah, we're going to watch them because they're part of the storyline. But we don't get as amped up about them as we did with the main Walking Dead. No, no, no. Yeah. I do, I do want to touch real quick. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the scene with Rick, too. Yeah, there's still a little bit more for us to talk about. Yeah, super, super important. But, like, what the hell... With Michonne riding into a giant horde of walkers. I, again, epic and badass as it is. Like, we saw our our whole group 
almost get wiped out by a horde with the whisperers right they almost got wiped out by that and then not not until lots and lots of planning were they able to get rid of that giant horde of walkers yeah um like a lot of struggle it was a lot of struggle to get rid of those walkers and now we see Michonne go alone on horseback charging into maybe the largest friggin horde of walkers like we've ever seen right what the hell is she doing (laughs) what yeah and i didn't see any of her pets with her to keep them distracted because in the beginning when we first meet her she has her two pets that they called them she was charging headlong into those walkers maybe she's assuming that the leather that she's currently wearing is going to be enough but the horse they're going to eat the horse yeah i know obviously we saw that in the first season yeah Yeah, and multiple other times they are not above eating a horse Oh, it's the horse, of course, of course. Of course. But, um... <laughs> and then, what, did you want to say anything about seeing Rick? Well, yeah, I, I do want to go back shoeless, to that. Shoeless Rick Oh, my God, that Jackson. was stressing me out. All the walker heads that were like, nom, 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 nom. Oh, yeah. And he's walking That was there. a good... I liked... I did kind of like how uneasy that yes. made me feel. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? After all this, he's going to get bit on his toe, and he's going to freaking die? <laughs> <laughs> but... It was interesting to see that Michelle, Michelle's what Michonne is holding the iPhone with the drawing sketch into it, and then the next thing, the next scene, we see Rick packing the backpack. So it's kind of like the scenes are splitting back and forth between Rick and Michonne, and then Rick and Michonne, Rick and Michonne. Yeah. But really, the scene took place with Rick first. Yeah. And we're just dice. They're just dicing it up and throwing it in there with Michonne, because like then we see Rick that he's packing the backpack that Michonne did end up finding and he hears the helicopters and he just says no and he throws the bag on the ship that Michonne ends up finding. Hence the iPhone with the picture scratched in. I think his boots, which was why he was uh, bootless. (laughs) Why did he take his boots off? I think maybe that could have been a total like, hey, this is me because those are his boots. So that could have been like a big like hint for because he's gonna know that michonne or at least someone is gonna come looking for him yeah so i i think that's why i mean i could have i think he could have kept his boots on and still made a point or at least you know handwritten a thing be like hey it's rick instead of leaving his boots like oh but uh then the helicopter comes in and he puts his hands up remain in place put your hands up and then come on rick like we've told you there's no escape for the living yeah i am really looking forward to seeing that whole side of the story. Me too. And, of course, he had the CRM logo embroidered on his sleeve. Yeah. And, like, he had a couple other... And he had the weapon. Mm-hmm. He had that yeah, spear weapon. Yeah, he had that three-pronged thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's obviously with the CRM. But we have to see everything that leads up to that. The and, CRM. Uh... Oh! God, that's, like, my third thing for tonight. Yeah. Guys, I'm on a roll. But I think it was... <laughs> <laughs> Let me have this... But I think it was neat because then most of the characters, they're saying, like, we're the ones who live. And then, like, over and over again, we're the ones who live. So the helicopter starts to land, and I guess they grab Rick. Then we go to Judith and RJ, and she says, we get to start over. We're the ones who live. And that was how they they wrapped that up. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. I liked that they had some of the flashbacks to previous seasons with some of the clips with our, our group and stuff. Yeah. Some of them... That have passed some of them that are still alive yeah i think that's kind of the scene you were hoping for with rosita when she was passing yeah maybe maybe something, not necessarily that but maybe something along the lines of uh just having you know people come in like the people who are still alive right. in the group kind of come in and like they would f- 
Like, Rosita wouldn't move. You would see Rosita on the bed, and she really wouldn't change. Obviously, she's, you know, still alive at this point. But you would see people kind of come in and then fade away, and then the next people would come in, fade away. And, like, just hint that, like, oh, everybody has said their goodbyes to Rosita. And maybe some time has passed and show that she's, you know, a lot paler and, and closer to, you know, passing away. Yeah. But, I don't know. It... Again, it, it's easy to criticize and easy to say, oh, yeah, I would have done things differently. Right. That's, yeah, what I'm doing. I do like the end scene with Judith and RJ. If you look in the distance, you can see two fields. I don't know what they're growing in the fields, but they have some sort of thing growing. Maybe lavender. I don't know. But they had these, like, little scarecrows there. And I thought it was so cute that there was the Commonwealth soldiers' yeah. uniforms. I, I love that little detail. I thought that was cute. It did look like lavender, though. It looked like a big field of lavender. Yeah. Probably to cover up the smell of all the death. Hey, it's very possible. Because, man, those sense. walkers probably stink. And not just the the dead, but, like, how often these people get to shower in the apocalypse? Yeah, they Especially need Daryl. They need the lavender. And that's a callback to maybe that's why Daryl doesn't want to be in a romantic relationship, because he doesn't shower. That makes sense. Makes sense. Get the lavender. <laughs> All right. I... I think I think we pretty much wrapped up everything. We talked a lot more than I think we were ex- expecting to. Absolutely. I think this is going to be another really lengthy podcast. But I think we stayed on track pretty well. And we, I, think I think we, we did. I think we just dissected most of the scenes. Because I personally, I'm going to speak for Jeremy too, we want to make a podcast that we would listen to. And I like to hear people dissect my favorite shows. Especially like scene by scene kind of yeah. thing. And I know we tried, we're trying to make things a little bit shorter, a little bit more concise, a little bit quicker and cleaner. Hopefully our pacing is quick enough that it doesn't get boring. I hope so, too. Um, I hope it is entertaining. Hopefully these are not dragged out way too long. I know it took a long time for us to record, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I felt really good about talking about this whole situation, this whole episode. Overall, overall I liked this episode. I like the finale. Me too. Overall, there's a lot of things I, I'm definitely complaining about. It's not my favorite finale to a show. Okay. By any means. But I've definitely seen way worse finales. Yeah, I am relieved that I didn't cry as much as I thought I was going to. I definitely teared up, and I think I teared up more in the after show that the actors had on mm. stage with Chris Hardwick. I think I definitely teared up more there, and then Jeremy and I watched the behind the scenes of the making of season 11 that they had on AMC+, and I definitely cried there, here and there. And then today, we also watched on YouTube a bit of a compilation that kind of consisted of a few of uh, the actors saying their goodbyes to the fans, and they, they played them at the end of the series finale, too, so some of them we had already seen, but I definitely teared up more there. I'm relieved I didn't cry as much as I thought I was going to because I didn't know who was going to die in the finale. And we all know that Rosita died and a few others like Luke and Jules. But sad as that was, it wasn't as much of a hit as like losing someone like Carol or Aaron or, or Daryl or something like that. Yeah, that would have been awful. Yeah. Again, I, I think they could have taken some more risks. I know they have some spinoffs coming up with Daryl and, and whatnot. And not that I wanted to see more of our characters go, by any means. I, I wanted a happy ending. Yeah. But I think they they could have taken some more risks also, I think. I mean, they definitely did, because we, from episode 23 to the finale of 24, we weren't sure of the fate of Judith. We weren't sure of the fate of Lydia, 
Jerry, Elijah, uh, was that it? Rosita. Yeah. I mean, we didn't find that out until the finale was, yeah, we didn't know. Like, Rosita was totally fine at that point. But there were some of the main people that were like, oh, no, is Judith going to die? Oh, no, where's Jerry? Is he coming back? And yeah. So they definitely, I feel they did take risks. I mean, they, they also can't have too many people die because look at what happened when Glenn died. Everyone's like, oh, Glenn died. Oh, oh, that's right. Abraham died, too. So it's kind of like you can't have too many deaths because then it's going to overshadow it. So right. it's kind of like even though Abraham died... Everyone, first and foremost, goes to Glenn. I think, too, because it was such a brutal death. Abraham's was brutal, too. Yeah. But I think we had more of a connection, and there was a love story there, too. So I think, in a way, they kind of couldn't finish off the series by killing too many people. So Yeah. Well, I think we've talked long enough. We, we went over pretty much everything. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of our Dead Talk as we discuss The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 24, titled Rest in Peace. It was a series finale for the main Walking Dead show. Yes, thank you for, for listening to that whole... Yeah, it's going to be a long one once it's we gonna finish It's going to be a long one, it. but we, we really enjoyed making this podcast. And it was a series finale, so it was very important, I feel, to touch base on like every scene just about yeah. to give it justice. Yeah. Yeah, we jumped ahead a little bit, but tune into our next podcast when we go back and get caught up with our discussion on Season 11. We'll be discussing The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 9, titled No Other Way. We hope you guys tune in. Yeah, all right. Bye. Bye.